Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. Dirty goddamn mouth. What's up, the crow? How you doing down there, the crow? It's not the crow. It's Damascus. It's, it's Damascus. Welcome, Drakkar Noir, <laughs> Cullen. <laughs> Welcome to Why Do We Ever Meet? Put her down. I am. I am <laughs> one of your hosts, Wes. With me is my exasperated wife, Ashley. Hi, honey. Hi. Uh, and also, our vampire son is, lurk- <laughs> is lurking in the shadows. Damascus, he, get out here. Can he bounce across trees? <laughs> can you run across trees, the crow? <laughs> yeah. Do, do vampires wear slip-ons, the crow? No. What, like what? Your hair? Your hair's fine. I like it. It's fine. No, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. I don't care. Does anyone care? Does anyone <laughs> like none of you give a shit how I feel about it? That's Why not ask? That's not true. Uh, we need to uh, we need to do some business up front here because we are going to do some hella what partying in the butt. Couple ways you can support the show: rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are available. So please go on Apple, Google Play Store. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get this show from, leave us that Dave Meltzer five-star. Tell us how wonderful we are. And, of course, of course, subscribe to the show. Also, you can find out about our show and every other show on our network by visiting jabroniu.com, where you can find out every single thing you need to know about the Why Do We Ever Meet podcast, as well as the Draft Pod, as well as Biff Radio. And New Ju- New Jabroni Pro Wrestling, and Locals Barbershop, and Flow and Tell, etc., etc. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, because this is not a visual medium, uh, Cash dyed his hair black. It's not black. It's dark brown. It's fucking black. It's dark brown. Oh, Jesus. Dark brown. And uh, so we've started to... Uh, and now he goes by... He goes by the name Damascus, Dracar, Noir, Cullen. Or as I call him, The Crow. Uh, so The Crow is now standing in the li- in the kitchen with a cape on, uh, being being really expressive mm. with his his motions. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's frankly, it's kind of uncomfortable <laughs> to be around him. You know, it's like, Hey, it's like when you're in, you encounter LARPers and you're like, <laughs> you know, you know, do your thing, but I'm not comfortable in your presence. You talk shit about your sister, but look at you. Yeah. Look at your fucking weird ass, man. That's who he is. Yeah. She, that's. <laughs> so are you, you're a bat. I, did you take, did you take the proper picture today? 
I told him to make sure the photographer took his one. school pictures. Did you goth one up? No, 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 no. I wanted, I wanted a regular one and one in his bat form. Well, he's not going to show up in human form. <laughs> his picture won't be there. He's a goddamn vampire. Did you hear? We paid for a picture with no person in it. Did you hear me? What? I wanted one as him and one in his bat form. That's the only one we're going to get. Because they took that picture and they're like, where is he? Where'd he go? All you see is that, that stupid shirt he had on. <laughs> so uh, if you are new to the show because of our guests, hello, we are the Allens. Are we a family? Yes, technically. Are we mostly just a succession of shit-talking sessions? Absolutely. In concentrate. That is typically what this show is. If we're not interviewing people, we're all talking shit to each other and burying each other. It's just what we do. We're broken, dysfunctional people, but hey, we love each other. Yes. And that's really all that matters. That's right. But that's neither here nor there because you are here because you probably are friends or fans of our guests this week. Our guests are Jen Joyce and Lars Lang-Peterson. Now, I say that name and you go, I don't know that name. Jen Joyce, you do know if you are on TikTok. You know her as Knit Pearl, she, where she can also be found on Instagram and uh, on uh, Twitter under the same handle. I came, into, I came to know Jen through TikTok because I'm an old man perusing through TikTok. <laughs> and I – you know, keep a distance or whatever. And uh, and then she shows up in my For You talking about – talking For about, You, you know. What the fuck? Is, what? I said For You. How am <laughs> I supposed to say it? For You. Come over here. If you're going to talk shit, get in. You said For You. It's my For You page. For You page. What the f- <laughs> There's nothing wrong with how I'm saying it. For You page. For, For You. For You. <laughs> for you, Paige. You sound like a fucking asshole. For you. It's your for you. For you. It's your for you, Paige. What's wrong with that? Fuck you guys. I'm saying it fine. God damn it. I hate this house. We've been doing interviews because we all hate each other. Um, no. Uh, so Jen, Jen popped up in my for you, Paige. Uh, and she was talking about elder emos. And I was like, well, what's this? What's this? And then she starts mentioning bands, and I was like, oh, God, there's there are people of my generation on there. Because I am a uh, – I, I am a true elder emo. Uh-huh. Yes, you uh, are. I, I came in with – Also uh, just an elder. Yes. I, I came in with the – all right, fucking, we get it. I'm 41. I'm not that fucking old. The clock's ticking, he says. He says the clock is ticking. The clock's ticking for you. Because when you go to bed and you're coughing tonight, I'm going to stake you. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh-oh, you better watch out. Uh-oh. Did you enjoy your garlic for dinner? <laughs> What if he just started going? (laughs) We were out in the sun earlier. It was fine. Oh, are you one of those? Do you sparkle? He sparkles. Uh Uh-huh. In more ways than one. So now, not only are you a bisexual, you're a bisexual vampire. 
Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, actually, that's a word that Jen says a lot. <laughs> yeah, one of our guests says indeed a lot. Um, so anyway, Elder Emo starts talking about, uh, you know, so that right away I was like, that's awesome. So I stitched to one of hers and talked about the band that tipped it for me, and it was Texas is the Reason, which comes up on our show a lot, comes up on here. Um, so it was it was instantly like uh, there was like an instant kinship there because this was somebody from my generation mm-hmm. like who like their entry point is not uh, I, I don't I don't know uh all time low no what's uh some of those bands that my pop up uh, no even <laughs> that is still technically moments. kind of my yeah. gener technically my generation I come in under I come in in between quicksand and Texas is the reason. So like I get in, I get in there. I mm-hmm. get in with Texas is the reason. Mm-hmm. And I follow in the Jimmy world sense field, the promise ring that wave. I got to come in with that and it's awesome. Um, but after a while, those bands came and went super fast. And then the next generation, like that's where I sort of lose touch. But as I come to grips with my elder emoness uh, over, over the last few years, it was kind of cool to find her TikTok, and then I yeah. realized, oh, there is a generation of us out there. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, have uh, we've interacted? What? She knocked something over in the garage. Who did? Ran into the cat. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that sort of struck up a friendship, and we I reached out to her, asked her if she wanted to be a guest on the show, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, kind of extended it to both her and her partner and they came on and uh i will go on a limb and say that we just struck up an instant friendship with yeah them. we really did uh call it you know call it the you know the quarantine pandemic thing where you've just sort of you're excited to talk to people but yeah. we had a long conversation and after we got done recording we kept talking and yeah I, you know you walk away from a situation like this where you're like well shit those are like those feel like friends yeah absolutely and I, I absolutely love these guys. I've even talked to them about coming on more in the future where we're going to specifically dive into dissecting uh, albums. So oh, God. That'll be fun. That's not for me. <laughs> no, this will be no, me. No, that's not for me. Um, but uh, they were great guests, and they're super fun. Um, I highly recommend Find Knit Pearl on TikTok, uh, K-N-I-T-P-U-R-L. Uh, Isn't it, is it P-U-R-L? P-U-R-L. Okay. Uh, In addition to lots of fun, like, emo post-hardcore content, Jen also does a lot of really cool stuff with with knitting and creators on TikTok. (laughs) And uh, why? Um, uh, And she's formed this community out there of knitters, crocheters, just people making shit. And it's... And it's awesome. Um, it is. That's very cool. So, uh, so yeah. So, if you are listening because you are a fan of, of Jen, you get Jen, you get her partner Lars, you get my wife and I. It is nice to meet you. We hope you subscribe and enjoy the show. Go back and listen. We've, got, we've had great guests like Jonah Matranga on. Uh, we've got some really wonderful upcoming guests like Norman Brannon, who is in Texas is the reason. We've also got... Uh, We've also got uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Caudill from Game Face coming on. 
lots of cool shit coming up. So please stick around, and then we are going to get back into uh, the Just Us episodes where we play all of our stupid little games and talk lots of shit. So, uh, so anyway, uh, without further ado, thank you for listening to Why Do We Ever Meet. Please enjoy Jen Joyce and Lars Lang Peterson. Later. Okay, this week's guests are uh, Jen Joyce and Lars, let me, I want to say it right. Lang. Lang Peter? Lang Peterson. Lang Peterson. We almost got there. <laughs> I was so close. I was, God, I fucked it up like immediately, immediately fucked it up. Too many names. <laughs> I spent so many years listening to Mark Marin where I, I'm angry at myself the second I fuck something up. <laughs> <laughs> uh you, well, their, their names may sound vaguely familiar. You would know, uh, you know, Jen, if you're on TikTok as Knit Pearl, as well as on Instagram as Knit Pearl. So, Jen and Lars, welcome to Why Did We Ever Meet? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for Thank us. you for having us. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, the reason I did this, the reason I reached out to you about this was because I was on TikTok. I was watching from the shadows because I have a teen. We have a teenage son who's like, don't fucking don't. You're old. Don't do it. And I don't. And then like my at, for my at my job, it was like, you know, I said, like, I'm thinking about starting a, a TikTok account for the company. And they're like, yeah, yeah. They don't know what <laughs> they, you know, you know how it is where it's like, yeah, just yeah, do it, do whatever. And so I was like, well, I got to get better at it. So I should start using it and I'll do it on behalf of the podcast. And I don't know why yours popped up in my for you. Because the for you algorithm is magical. It is. Why. <laughs> it, it is do, literal magic. They it sprinkled my record on it or something. Yes. It knew <laughs> my record collection. And I was like, and I, that video of yours uh, talking about elder emos, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, now I got to listen. And then I was like, oh my God, it's okay that I'm on here. It's, <laughs> it's safe that I'm here. Good, good. This so, is a safe space. <laughs> safe space. It's, we're in a panini. There are no rules. That's right. We can do whatever that's, we want. See, I have, I have that. Get. Yeah. There, I, I spent last weekend very COVID safe with three of my best friends who I haven't seen in a very long time. We just okay. we went to a cabin in Leavenworth and none of them are active on TikTok. And the whole weekend I had to explain a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how did that happen? How did, how did that happen? What, and, and what, what sort of sent the ball rolling down the hill on that? Yeah. So, um, I, because I, so I've been working in social media marketing for in one way or another for about 12 years now. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, like new stuff comes out all the time and they're like, this is going to be the next big thing. And you're just like, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> like Ello, does anyone remember Ello? Yeah. And everyone yeah. was like, this is going to be it. And then it died a slow death. I don't even know if it's still a thing. Um, but, you know, as a social media marketer, you need to stay up with what's happening. And obviously I knew TikTok was a thing, Yeah. but I had not, I didn't have any clients that were in a spot to use it. I mean, there were people who wanted to, but I was like, 
let's go where the audience is and your audience is not on TikTok. <laughs> and yeah. this was, you know, back in the day before everyone joined. Yeah. Um, and so finally I got a client that it totally made sense. And we were talking about it and I was like, yes, I think that you should start a TikTok. So I was doing a social media strategy for them. And I had been a looky-loo for a very long time, but I finally, you know, you exactly what you said, like you have to kind of start your own to learn how to do the thing. And that is how I started creating content on TikTok. Okay. That makes sense. So now I, now that we've covered that, I want to now jump way ahead because the name of the show is Why Did We Ever Meet, which is yeah. which is vaguely a promise ring reference that people of a certain age would get. But mm-hmm. I want to know, how did you two meet? How, where, what is the, what is the origin story? Oh, that's actually pretty, it's, I guess it's probably actually pretty appropriate for this podcast. Um, so even if I'll it's- ground you in the reality of it first. So Somehow we lived literally around the corner, like I'm talking 45 seconds door to door from each other for years, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we met on Tinder. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, we, we did the whole, um, I think we met right around Thanksgiving. So we didn't actually, right after Thanksgiving and I was getting done with the dating stuff. And so I think I were both like ready to delete apps I was, we were both kind of like oh, okay this okay. is the last person I'm going to talk to because yeah. these apps are dumb and okay. everyone that's on them are dumb and I just I'm done yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will just yeah. be alone for the rest of my life with my cats yeah <laughs> but we were getting along well enough that I was like this is going to go somewhere whether it's romantic yeah. or friendship and mm-hmm. and I gave her my number and I was like I'm going to keep that you know because like once you delete tinder you actually delete all the messages which I learned once trying to give somebody my number and then I rage deleted the tinder thing and then I met them they were a friend of a friend and they were like I never got your number and I was like oh that well that makes sense so I kept the <laughs> kept tinder active long enough for her to text me then I think okay. we both deleted and she had some friends come up and spend Thanksgiving with her so we mostly just sort of cute texted each other and mm-hmm. um sort of uh not totally distant from how you guys kind of met on TikTok, but we started sending each other a lot of playlists. Ah. Yeah, no, you were at the Unicorn, which is a bar in Capitol Hill in Seattle. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, don't go on the weekends because that's (laughs) when the, we call bridge and tunnel folks come over from the east side. Yeah. Um, But anyways, the Unicorn, he was there and you said, I forget what, who was playing at the Unicorn. Oh, right. Because I had friends from LA, uh, like one of the guys used to be on my label. I can't remember, but yeah, some old emo band came on and I sent And her. I was like, I have a playlist for you. And like <laughs> sent him a playlist of like all of my favorite stuff that I used to listen to in my Most of it was embarrassing. Teens, early 20s. You know. No, it was not a lot of Hey Mercedes no. and the anniversary, you know, all the stuff that- So embarrassing. Yeah, very embarrassing. No. Um, no. So we kind of got to meet cute like over text and then we did the smart like- let's do brunch. And if it, there's no chemistry, we, you know, we can break off after that and no one's yeah. lost a Sunday. Yeah. And we ended up doing brunch and then after brunch drinks and then. Well, cause we watched the Seahawks game. We watched the Seahawks game oh. and, then we went and watched another, well, watched another game. We went and got more drinks at another bar. Oh, and, drinks. Then Lots ended up drinks. back at the first bar to do karaoke. Karaoke. <laughs> so we went from brunch 
to watching Seahawks game at a bar, then went to another bar and watched a game, but also had pizza. Then we went back to the Seahawks game bar that had turned into a karaoke bar. And then, um, yeah, yeah. my mom's not going to listen to this. (laughs) Then he came home with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It was a long first date, but it was, yeah, yeah. it was good. So, and, but it was funny too, because everywhere we went, that first bar, which is sadly no longer, it didn't survive COVID. Um, oh, but okay. like, we both, we both knew the bartenders and, you know, we started talking and we knew way too many of the same people to have met over the internet, but it was just one of those things where, you know, we had two or three friends in common and it just, you know, we'd probably been in the same room a couple of times and just never met. We'd been at the same shows. We'd probably been at the same bars and we had just somehow never crossed paths in, in real life. So it took the internet to bring us together. It's fucking wild that you live 45 seconds away from each other. Literally around the corner for years. It was, it was wild. I mean, like we would go to the same coffee shop. We went to the same bars. We went to the same restaurants. Like, we, we knew some of the same people and we just never all your neighborhood shit was the same. Yeah, yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. Like your corn yeah. shop is the same. Like that's that's wild. That I know. Yeah. It's very strange. I mean, and Seattle's not even that big. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite things about Seattle is it's just not a big city, but somehow it had kept it's Jen like, and I apart. Yeah, the neighborhoods. <laughs> so Seattle has, you know, these little neighborhoods, and within each neighborhood you have everything you ever need. So you don't leave okay. your neighborhood. Yeah. Like we don't go to Ballard. Why would we need to go to Ballard? We or have everything that we have here. <laughs> it's an event if you leave the neighborhood. Yeah. You have to have a reason. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's uh similar to uh, Chicago has a lot of neighborhoods like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. like, Even like New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're like two best friends can move to New York, and if they don't end up in the same neighborhood, they'll never talk again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Why it's I'm very lying. sad. Yeah. So, are you are you both from? Are you both Washington State local? No. Okay. Um, I've been here for almost seventeen years now, okay. but I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Ah, ah, yes. My family still lives there, so we go back. I have a better appreciation of it now, okay, um, than I did when I was a young angsty teen trying to get out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's I. I had never visited Seattle. A friend came to visit. She came back to Phoenix and said, "Seattle is fucking rad." Here's why. Oh, yeah, and I was like that's cool and then she said I'm thinking of moving there and I was like I will go with you and I sold all of my stuff including my car and a month later I had moved up here holy shit yeah I will never do anything like that again because I'm too old and it stresses (laughs) me out thinking about it but it was probably the best decision I've ever made because so many awesome life things have happened and I don't know that they would have happened if I was in yeah yeah now what about you Lars are you are you Native? No, I'm, uh, it's a mess. Um, I was born (laughs) in Jersey. We lived up and down the East Coast when I was a kid. I got sent to boarding school around 12, 13 in England. (laughs) I moved to Sweden after that. After a few years in Sweden, I moved back to DC. Decided at like 23, maybe college was a cool thing. Uh, Then 2008 happened and I was like, okay, I guess I'm stuck in college because there's no jobs. (laughs) Yeah. and then I, you know, I, I really like DC, um, but, you know, um, I did grad school and a lot of my grad school friends kind of started moving away or moving on, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And I was just, I guess I was just about to turn 30. Uh, my best friend, Alan, had moved out here a few years ago. And I was honestly spending probably all the little money I was making at a literary nonprofit flying out here. Um, and it just started to make sense. So I yeah, sure. I did what Jen did at like 19, but at 30, where I sold okay. everything. I, I sold like a Gretsch drum kit um, and a couple of guitars, filled the Subaru, my dad's old Subaru up with everything <laughs> I could camp in my buddy Alan who saw his friends in DC or family in DC and friends um he flew out there we met up after Christmas and we started driving back uh over here and I lived with him for the first few years and then I actually met Jen when I was living with Alan and instead of moving out on my own which I thought was going to happen we ended up getting a spot and I've been here ever since nice nice that's we are so far removed from dating because we've been together for 160 years. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we are both fascinated by dating in, mm-hmm. in the, in this era. Like, but all we hear is that what you guys said is what we always hear from people. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrible. These apps yeah. are terrible. It's a nightmare. Well, he had a different experience I for some reason. Good. Like, but Lars is like, Lars can be friends with like, uh rock like and okay. not in a bad way like he's just so good he's so like t- like he can chat anyone up yeah he, he can make a connection in some way and so like you might have been talking to like really horrible people but you didn't know it because you're oh, just so no nice i think i knew it <laughs> but i can you know I- also the girl the 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 um female side typically um you know my my personal experience is probably a little different yeah yeah I would I would agree with that like honestly I I don't know how many weird tinder dates I went on where you know like if you know things weren't going great it was just fine I was just like hey like why don't you you know it's like we're you know we can be done and she was like oh you you're not going to be weird or like ask if we're going home I'm like no it just didn't seem like it was going anywhere she's like thank you I was (laughs) like oh okay all right. So you've been on a lot of bad dates like this. Yeah, and like, I was yeah. just like, we had kind of a semi-awkward, but still okay, fun dinner. And it's like only 8.30 or 9. Like we can go meet up with our friends now. And yeah, you know, we're out 35 bucks plus tip or whatever. You know, it's like, it's not the end of the world. And mm-hmm. so most of the time I, I had fun. I just really didn't meet anyone until I met Jen. You know, it was like, I went on a lot okay. of first dates. <laughs> And I went on, I went on second dates, but you know. make sure you um really highlight that in this podcast. <laughs> Just I didn't meet anyone until I met John. That's mm. the old quote. <laughs> I met great, I met great people, but we just didn't connect, you know. Yeah. And there's actually I'm still friends with a few of my, you know, not as interesting first date Tinder dates, you know. But I am too. That that actually is like over my years of like finding somebody and then you know we go our separate ways you kind of hop in and out of of the online dating stuff and I still have friends that I made from you know way back in the day and I mean we're not like texting each other constantly or anything but it's like you know we follow each other on Instagram and we catch up and like you know it's yeah it's interesting it's kind of the same way everybody's staying caught up nowadays anyway yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I it's you know it's one of those things where I I I think the older we get it's not that you don't want to see those people but like who the fuck has the time who who has the time who has the time to like I'm gonna block this night out for this person that I haven't seen in 10 years 
And like, I mean, a lot of shit can happen in 10 years, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally different people. And it's like, well, this is weird. Why did we do this? Because yeah. we were friends, you know, at 20 years ago. So, yeah. I mean, it's, and, and then to do like the dating thing, I think the thing that is so like intriguing to me is like with online dating, like I feel like you hear a lot of horror stories. At least we've heard a million where we're like, oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but- <laughs> But also, like, people did date kind of like this before. They would get oh, yeah. set up by someone else with a stranger. Yeah. 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 It, it's just a, you know, it's just through an app now, I guess. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. Lars, you, you've been in a lot of places, and <laughs> you, you've, you mentioned having a lot of gear, so I'd assume you played music. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was awful. No. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I grew up with a musician as a father. So very early on, he was, a, and he's still is an incredible guitarist. So obviously he wanted to teach me guitar. And as a teenager, I was said, no, and I wanted to play drums. And I, I still that, have yeah. wonderfully yeah. embarrassing memories. And at this point, I don't care. So I, I was going to say this is embarrassing. I, actually, I don't care. I remember listening to 311's Blue album on headphones as loud as possible and trying to drum along in the in yep. the basement. Sure. Probably some Sublime was in there. I'm not going to lie. I, the music taste got better. I was like 13. I, there was Everyone a, had that, yeah. though. I was like, I mean, like, honestly, I was trying to remember back to, like, you know, what were some of the first, like, tapes and CDs I got? I mean, like, let's let's talk Paula Abdul. Let's talk, that's like... Embarrassing. She's rad. No, no, it's not embarrassing, but it's... <laughs> Oh, you know, no, like I you like, didn't come out of the womb being like, yeah, American football, you know, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like I, I would love to like I, uh, we had Eric Davidson on from the New Bomb Turks and he said something similar. Um, He's like, you're not you don't come out of the womb, you know, want to crank T-Rex. None of us were born yeah. cool. You find wow. develop taste over time. And what's funny is I, my obsession with music and film and I'm married to somebody who's just like. Yeah, man, that's okay. do your thing. <laughs> She's like you had mentioned, Paul Abdul. Like your first, what were your first? Oh, I know um, what my first tapes. My, my first, first tapes, tapes were, were probably like the Bangles, "Walk Like an Egyptian." I had those little teeny tiny little tapes with the little. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like my favorite song. And you like uh, Tiffany? Tiffany, yeah. New Kids on the Block. And that's been my trajectory. Like, I'm just... Like, okay, we have some things to talk about then. <laughs> so, A... Fire away. I used to... Questionable now. We, nobody should be doing this, but I used to do the... Of course, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Around, we didn't know. Uh, no, we didn't know. No, I was what? I don't remember. Five? Oh, I know, yeah. Sorry, I'm slapping the counter <laughs> with excitement. Sorry, audio engineer that has to deal with that later. Um... I named my dog Tiffany, my first dog. So there's that. And New Kids on the Block was my second concert mm. ever. Um, I was in love with Jordan. Okay. The the only tickets that we could afford were like way, way back. Yeah. I <laughs> a sign that says, I love you, Jordan. And when the um, spotlight would cross over it, I was convinced that he knew. He's going to see this. Yeah. He's going to see this. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> 
I am much younger than him, but he still knows I love him. Yeah. I didn't yeah, you know, right. think about we age at that point. We didn't know. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you no. were transmitting it through the universe. He got it. Who was your yeah. new yeah. Um, Which one were you? Oh, probably Joey. That's the young one. The right? young the one. Young one yeah. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, they were much older than I was. Yeah, I was yeah. Well, I think, are you? Are you two might be the same age? Yeah, what year 30. did you graduate high school? 2000. I graduated 2001. Okay, so close, yeah. I was born, born in 82. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, it would have been 2002. Yeah, because 9-11 happened my last year of secondary school in England. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so 2002, so I might, yeah, we're like a year and a half two years different depending yeah. on what time of year it is yeah yeah, yeah yes that's, yeah. yeah depending on what time of the year is i'm four years older than her yeah <laughs> then it goes away and it's back to three and i'm not so old <laughs> he's still doing this thing though we're like i'm 41 she's not 40 yet and so she can keep being like you Ew. are disgusting and old so and old like, it's coming so Gross. it's coming we're almost there yep. yeah yeah um, so having those fun moments where I realize, you know, so my, I'm always the one who like, whenever I do see like a TikTok, that's like funny where it's like, you know, people's like, it's so exhausting scrolling back to like the early eighties and you have to put your, you know, um, I'm always wondering, like, every, I see something that's like happened in 1995. I'm like, Oh, so 20 years ago. And my brain's like, no, you're almost there. I'm like, 30. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> for some reason I think 25 was yesterday. And I'm like, I'm three and a bit i'm like less than three years away from 40 and i'm still like acting like 25 was yesterday yes. like there's something yes. wrong with my brain yeah no. it doesn't compute no at all. <laughs> yeah and i think part of it too is like i don't think any of us feel old no. i think that's another that's another piece of it where i'm like i don't feel old like i when i wake up in the morning i'm like oh god yeah. <laughs> my thing hurt but other than that like i don't feel like i don't feel like i have to like well you know what 41 gotta wear rock ports and buy shirts and from ll bean like i'm not that guy you know like you're not (laughs) but like i look at my old man and like when he was 40 like my dad looked i i I feel like my dad looked what is he now 66 yeah 66 he's looked 66 since i was like that's not seven years old as far as i'm concerned but like Yeah, yeah yeah Like, I just look at him like, yeah, you've always had the same haircut and mustache my whole life. Like, yeah, but I, I don't feel old, but like, to your point, Lars, I think of shit and go, oh no, that was 30 years ago. Where did I, like, when did that, how did that happen? Or like, oh no, 1996, that wasn't that long ago. It turns out it was quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And all it takes is talking to a millennial and they're like, ew, no, when were you born? And I'm like, oh. Okay. All right. Well, just, it's always funny when somebody doesn't have the same sort of historical landmarks that you do. Yes. Yes. When I'm like, I'm like, you know, when I'm trying to remember, like, oh, was that before or after Kurt Cobain died? And then the millennials like, who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the less famous Foo Fighter. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> who are you? And I'm joking. They're not that. Uh, okay. Right. I was but. also like, <laughs> technically, we're millennials. Yeah, we so are. We kinda, yeah. I don't believe that. We were the pepsi generation then we were generation y then we were yes we were yes. Gen- yes but when you look when you google it we are technically millennials so i technically land generation x 
Because yeah. I, was, I was born in 79. Because he's very old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your words, not ours. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, she'll own it. Um, <laughs> but like, I, that's the issue too. Like when they say millennial, like they've swapped out your names like a million yeah. times. So like, I, I know. you guys, cause I, all, the three of you are of, of similar age. I don't think of the three of you as millennials. I, to me, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. I have a pager. I used to go skating with my friends. My dad would give me his pager and he would text me like, I don't know, like seven, seven, seven when dinner was like half an hour from being done. He would text you or whatever you could do with the things like back then. But um, so yeah, I I mean, I remember, God, I remember Snake too. Cause I remember Snake. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I I remember when, yeah. Those flip phones, those flip phone games were like, oh, amazing. Remember that so little, like, stupid phone you had that slid up, like yeah. Oh, was that the Sidewinder, whatever it was yeah, called? Something. Like, it, it, my friend up. would drive with it open, and she would oh be trying God. to text while if she was the original texter and driver. And I, <laughs> she did it once, and I never got in a car with her again. I don't care how loud she plays "Saves the Day" in the car. We're never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's horrible. It was it was terrifying. <laughs> it is so, terrifying. So you so. Arizona, you were all over the place. Yeah, but most of my family is in the D.C. area now. Okay. Okay. Now, well, gotta, my dad gotta, is in Hawaii, so I, I guess gotta that's ask. Like you were in D.C., mm-hmm. did you like? Did you did you hit the landmark things like you know the Discord House, like that sort of shit? Like, so I grew up in that weird. There was a lull between sort of like the heyday of Discord and. Yeah. The sort of second wave of DC punk. Right. We had some great bands, but they, you know, there was like Majority Rule, um, yeah. who were fantastic. Uh, yeah. City of Caterpillar. Yep. Uh, there were actually, for, I feel like for a while, and I maybe I'm getting this wrong, and my sister will probably hear this and then immediately call me and yell at me. But I feel like Richmond was doing a lot more than DC was when we were growing up. Okay. Like Robotic Empire was putting out a bunch of great stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Love it records. And there was a bunch of stuff happening outside of DC that's still like, because, you know, it was, Discord was still a thing, even though like Fugazi wasn't really playing like they used to. And, but, um, so it was fun, but yeah, DC was a weird spot because you could tell that something cool had been happening. And I was, I was young enough that when my sister would bring me along to stuff, like I kind of knew something cool was happening. And then when I got old enough to try and enjoy it, it just, it wasn't there. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And also that was like right when like Block Party and Interpol and like the whole kind of music scene sort of shifted. And even like a lot of, the, you know, the all of my friends who are still into hardcore and punk, like that was still a big moment for them when that like yeah. that punk revival. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think I own everything Block Party and Interpol have put out. Well, sure. up until a point. Yeah. Um, so it was weird. It was like I grew up in this like great punk town with a lot of great punk friends. And then when I got old enough to do all the crazy punk stuff, it just it kind of felt like it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I was pretty young when, like, even City of Caterpillar played their last show with, like, Circle Takes the Square. Yep. yep. Uh, um, yeah, my, um, Alan, who I've mentioned, was friends with, like, Matt, who was a Majority Rule, and he did a, a great band called Harem, and now him and his wife are in an awesome band called No Man. So they're still doing it, but um, yeah. it was just this weird kind of, I mean, I, it was still awesome, and I'm still really proud of, like, being from D.C., and the D.C. music scene is awesome, but... I look at it now and I'm like, there's so many like priests, there's all this great stuff happening in DC. I'm like, why? 
Yeah. Why why did you forsake me, DC, when I was young and and just dumb enough to drink all the time? (laughs) (laughs) And Discord too has kind of had like a resurgence where I think there's a new generation of kids that are getting into that stuff. Like I remember in the early 2000s playing with bands like Blue Tip and Redisonic, playing shows with those bands. And it was like, well, they're on Discord, but nobody, you know, nobody knew. And then like, and then a few years after that, uh, what's his name moved here? Malin was in a band with him uh, from Discord. Uh, is it, which one is not in Bad Religion now? That's Brian. Uh, Baker. That's Brian Baker, right? I want to say yes, but I'm the other co- I don't know. Ian's co-owner of Discord. Oh, uh, he lives. He lives here. He lives in Toledo. Oh, crazy. Yeah, he moved here because he's a huge fan of, he was a big fan of the uh, the homes and architecture in the old West End of Toledo. Oh, and wow. also into the, we, the, Toledo is where the Jeep Cherokee was born. Yeah. And wow. He was in- Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he was way into that. So he moved to Toledo, which is fucking bonkers to That's me. Weird. I mean, as coming from DC, I've heard crazier reasons to get out of DC. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had I have family that lived there, and so like that's how I became like a Baltimore Orioles fan was going to see. Oh yeah, you know, growing up, going there as a kid. But what's weird about DC is, I feel like everyone I knew, I know now that's from DC, like they were from these. All their parents, you know, had government jobs. And like, you know, we're some sort of, cause that's the industry there, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all made a conscious effort to get the fuck out of DC, which I, I, I find weird. DC is a strange, I mean, um, I think it's different now. And it was, I mean, it was different then. Like it, you, you really had to find your people because the city exactly. did kind of remake itself every four years, eight years or whatever the joke, or like basic, and honestly, like when contracts fell through, like an entire neighborhoods of families would leave. Like if Lockheed didn't get this thing, they'd have to lay people off. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of felt like a transactional liminal town that kind of existed more as an idea than, you know, I think it. You, we used to be the city that had, I think it was like something like a 60 degree or 60 degrees, 60% difference between the amount of people that were there from nine to five and the amount of people that were there after rush hour. Okay. Because so many people came into DC and then they they would leave. Right. Um, and unfortunately, like because of that, like the gentrification was really rough. Like the people that actually made DC their home were getting forced out by people who were buying condos just to sell them two and a half years late. You know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I yeah. think it it kind of had, and it's still kind of like that. And um, yeah. I, literally yesterday, my sister put up a one of those like tweets and it's just like, you know, it's like DC people. It's like, I just want to be able to afford a home in my local region. And it was one of those memes where it's some guy laughing and being like, I, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but that's how everyone's been feeling honestly since forever. And I think that's, you know, the cost of living. And I think especially 15 years ago or so, and maybe even now, like the reason to stay there just didn't match up for a lot of my friends. Of course, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And the ones who stayed there, I'm so mad. Like my sister's still there. She loves it. She works in old town, Alexandria. She runs an amazing hair salon. Yeah. All she wants to be able to do is to afford to live in the city that she's lived in forever. And it's like this huge uphill struggle just to like, you know, even stay on the sort of suburby side and, and anywhere close to the city. 
And when I, we were growing up, like DC was still scary. Like, you know, the memory of oh, us yeah. changing from Washington bullets to the Washington wizards, yep. you know, was still pretty. I remember my, my parents were not thrilled that I would go skateboarding in like freedom Plaza and all that stuff. And, you know, I needed to be back on the orange line, heading back to Vienna, like, uh, yeah. you know, when the sun went down. And so like my friends who moved in early kind of got it great, but then they ended up getting pushed out with like the second, third, fourth wave of gentrification. Um, yeah. But there's a lot. I mean, I took Jen there and I was kind of like, you know, sorry that my hometown sucks. And she loved it. I love DC. Loved it. I like DC. Actually, we both like DC. Yeah. It's fun there. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And I don't, I, I think it's part of it is because that it does have that little feeling of like, here's your neighborhood, like mm-hmm. that Seattle does, like they're yeah. here's your neighborhood. Yeah. There's a coffee shop, there are bars, there are restaurants in this area. And, you know, I mean, that happens in a lot of spaces. There was just, yeah. or in a lot of cities, but there's just something, I don't know. Yeah. It's still my heart. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also stayed in like the, we stayed in like Logan circle kind of area. Yeah. Which That's fair. Fans. Yeah. Um, well, now Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Not maybe not as cool as DC. <laughs> um, I mean, it has things. Uh, so I was, I grew up in Phoenix, but I was born in Clinton, Iowa. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was only there for two years. So okay. I've been in Phoenix for, or I had been in Phoenix from the age of two to the age of when did I leave? Not twenty-one. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, it was, you know, it was a thing. We, we did a lot to try and make it good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I will say that the little music scene that was kind of around when I was, you know, late teens, um early 20s it was just it was like small but mighty everyone was like knew each other which ended up being one of the reasons why I wanted to leave because everyone knew each other and would gossip and blah 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 anyways um but yeah I mean we also had a band so we had the Nile Theater which was an old building um just imagine being in the phoenix heat in a basement listening to a punk band in the middle of summer yeah one giant fan blowing on you that was my that was my late teen years just blowing that punk stink just uh, yeah and you leave and you not only do you smell like just a cigarette, like a walking cigarette, yep. but you're so sticky yeah. from sweating so much. It was just this magical combination. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. I, um, I, yeah. I, think I spent so many years smelling like that uh-huh. that I <laughs> just like, you know, like playing shit. That's just, I mean, that's part of that culture. Yeah. yeah, is is you're just you know just assume it. But what I look, can look at now is you just assume you're leaving a show and you're gonna fucking reek. Like yeah. that's that is kind of like that was always just how that would play out. I mean, it, we'd leave and we'd get in the car and it's like, oh, cool. We just smell like you said. I I smell like Marlboro. I'm just a yeah. Marlboro. I stopped smelling it. 
I remember when I quit smoking, it was like, it probably took me like a month to get my smell back. And I went to a show and I came yeah. home and I, I didn't even notice it that night. It was in the morning when I went to throw all my clothes, like probably, probably properly in the hamper. I was like, oh my God, this thing reeks. Yeah. 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 But I spent oh, God knows how many years. I mean, there is no this. amount of bath and body work spray that could hide the cigarette <laughs> smell from your mother. No. Um, just for any teens that are listening, just know <laughs> Bath and body works great. Not even for breeze, it still comes through. All the kids know that, so they're all jeweling or whatever it's called. (laughs) And that all that and all that shit smells like cereal, which is very it's very misleading. Like yeah, (laughs) it's it's like some you know when somebody goes by with one of those, I'm like, oh man, that does smell good. I'm like, no, no, you quit smoking. Like I I, I mean, (laughs) when did I quit smoking? It's been Roxy will be nine this year, so. I bet I quit almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had gotten to that point where like, I had no, like my sense of smell taste, like I had to redevelop all my senses. And I, I realized really quickly, like, oh, there are things that I was eating that I don't actually like. It turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I had the opposite. Like, Shit, this is awful. Was that the lack of smell or just because you were like drunk at 2am trying to put food in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, you yeah. know, I, <laughs> I, sure. I think now, cause we don't, neither of us eat meat and mm-hmm. I, I look, okay. All right. So I, he I, look, okay. Someone, <laughs> has, someone has to be the odd man out. It'll be me. <laughs> we see, we are, we're in a situation with our circle of friends where it's just us yeah. that doesn't eat meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, we've all known each other for a million years, but they're always like, Oh, well, what do you, we're like, guys, just, we'll figure it out. Yeah, Don't worry don't about worry. the goddamn food. We'll figure, we always figure it out. But yeah. I have, I've hit that point too, where I look at some of the stuff we would eat after, you know, you, you get done playing and you load out, you're, you end up some like at big boy. We would, we'd go to big boy. Cause it was open 24 hours. That's, we, people are smoking <laughs> and eating and it's like, this is, what are we doing? What are we <laughs> Denny's. Denny's. We had yeah. Denny's called Punk Rock Denny's where everyone would go to after a show and yeah. you would have all of these cigarettes at the show and then you would have more cigarettes, but also maybe pancakes, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I, I remember seeing uh, one of my bandmates order uh, a stack of pancakes and spaghetti. <laughs> and I was like, that's wild, man. Well, come on. This is like, yeah. I know it's carb late. loading. We've it's got like, a lot to do tomorrow. Got a carb yeah. load, you know? <laughs> this is reckless. He has this zero is... time to be hungover. He's got stuff to do and he's going to make yeah. his bodies prepared. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a gut bomb that will oh take God. care of any hangover. I like, can't... it's just going to, that's not how it works, but sucking it up, you know, yeah. suck up yeah. the alcohol with. Oh, the, the things we say to you to justify that hangover, like I got it. If I eat this, like, you know, this two and a half pound burger. Yep. Like, like with, with a ribeye on it, like that takes care of my hangover. No, it fucking doesn't stop. Like <laughs> y- your hangover will take care of itself. That, that stupid decision is, is all you buddy. <laughs> So, so it's so funny because the only real touring and it wasn't that much I did was actually in a, a hardcore band in Sweden and there really wasn't the 24 hour options, but the whole setup oh, over there okay. was totally different. 
like the venues would usually cook something for you. It'd be pretty simple, but a lot of it would be vegetarian. They would okay. basically default to vegetarian in case anybody in the band was, and it was Sweden in the early 2000s. So yes, most of, most of the probably touring guys were. Um, yeah. So we would just get this incredible, like, like a curry or a stir fry or just yeah. rice, you know, rice and, and vegetables. So it's like, I kind of am almost jealous sometimes because I, you know, I remember the the drunk nights in the U.S. with my friends, but I never got to do it touring. Like touring, we would sit down and they'd bring us out like, you know, a scoop of like jasmine rice and some vegetables. And then we would start drinking and then we'd have nothing to soak it up later. Yeah. And then, but, but it was also crazy because you could tour with very little equipment in Sweden because, um, because of the way the arts grants worked over there, a lot of the venues could apply for money and then they would just get great stacks they'd get they'd have a decent house drum kit like our drummer really just toured with his snare and our cymbals and i play guitar and i i just brought my guitar my cables and my pedals and we would just be able to plug in we'd be able, or ahead sometimes but we'd be able to trust that most even small little tiny swedish towns would have a like an awesome like fender setup i even played through an orange in a weird small town on the south of in the south coast of Sweden, they had a beautiful old orange setup. I'm like, how? And it was just their house setup. We don't have wow. that here. Like that's <laughs> but that's why Sweden, Sweden has no people and so much music coming out of it. Just because it's it's they just set you up to succeed in that oh, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we played on the road with people and it's just sort of you know, like I was like I was so grateful to play with them because the uphill battle, I mean it's like playing hockey like you can be really good at hockey but if you don't have the money to buy all the pads all the fix all the stuff you're never gonna be good at hockey and and like I kind of love that they really subsidize that in a lot of ways in Sweden and you know there were 16 17 year old kids just playing like local shows because they didn't have to buy a huge thing all they needed to do was have like a decent practice space Uh, and sometimes practice spaces had their own sort of house stuff like yeah it's trashy and I'm sure the bass amps were rattling in ways that they yeah. shouldn't you could still play loud and you could still practice and so yeah we are big uh we're big fans of sweden in this house mm-hmm. uh uh big fans of a lot of the music uh, oh, yeah. like we're big fans of the helicopters and uh backyard babies hives mill and coal and all that stuff so, mm-hmm. but like we, when you said sweden i was like oh, yeah he was like all <laughs> 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 right they're on camera. I didn't do that. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't see your whole body shaking. Like, like, like oh tendons God. tearing in my skull. Yeah, it was just your legs started shaking, so we oh, couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> what? I. But when you said early two thousands, I was like, helicopters. <laughs> oh yeah. I, so yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like, I definitely uh, am a fan of all that. So you, so you guys met. How long have you been together? Four years, four and a half years. Put them on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After two, I don't think. (laughs) There it is. Okay, there it is. Sorry, I knew I was. I knew that there was going to be some sort of thing like that that happened because you know we're recording podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh no. We. I mean, the stuff that has happened over the duration of our show because a lot of like the non-interview episodes, our kids are here. And during interviews, they're fairly well behaved. Yeah. But like otherwise, when we've got our mics and stuff set up, they're just like, mm-mm, <laughs> no, nope, we're the drunk girls. Like this is <laughs> we are gonna disrupt this. Uh we had to put a sweater on our puppy because it's the only thing that like calms him down. 
Oh. Um, I'm fairly certain he's a nudist because he doesn't like sweaters or t-shirts or even yeah. his harness until he's outside and walking. Yes. But um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to knock on wood. Yeah. The fact that he hasn't barked or anything, he's always oh, eyes would, opened. Never, you let's just not talk knocked. About it. I know. Why would oh, you yeah. do that? <laughs> because he <it's> just <laughs> the front door. You just reminded him. We are, yeah. I'm amazed that our dog is not growl like if the curtains are open yeah she's up and growling at anyone that's walking by and it's like she knows yeah. about her. bye be good bye. um it's always like uh um it it's this reaction of like she's protecting us from something mm-hmm. she's i mean what is she doing you know oh there she goes there she I goes like hold on let me show you how i protect i'll, I'll show you how i do this but yeah. like any cars going by she's growling we're like what are you doing what are you gonna do there are times where where our dogs will be like up on the back of the couch and just and i look out and it's like a cute like small girl walking her puppy i'm like what are you (laughs) yep Yep. this is not this is not like a ruse and they're going to come in and try and hurt us you're fine you, thank you for protecting. What kind, of dog, what kind of dog do you guys have? We have two. They're both rescues from Houston. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was on purpose. It just that happened. was not on purpose. It just happened that way. But um, we did do the DNA test because um, I... We is very... Very. I did the DNA yeah. test. I don't want. I don't want children. Like, congratulations that you have them. I'm happy. No, don't, no, I don't no, want children. No, um, this, no. They're my version of having children, so they get spoiled, and I do things like DNA tests. Um, they're they both have Chihuahua. Um, they're both like fifty percent Chihuahua. No, no, Benny is thirty less. But anyways, they're very cute. They're like one is fourteen pounds and one is nineteen pounds. And they're just like, yeah, they're so cute. We wanted, we wanted dogs that we could easily travel with. Sure. And, um, Benny is a pandemic puppy, so he has not done any traveling, but Marcelo has been on airplanes with us to DC, San Francisco and Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So here's, here's something we can confirm. Pitbulls are good travel dogs. They can ride in the car. They're, they're good for. Oh yeah. You can throw them in yeah. car, like at least ours. Yeah. She's yeah. the car and she's good to go. Like she, she like, I don't know if it's the pit part or whatever else she is. Cause yeah. Oh, is, that, is she pure pit good. or is she a pit yeah. mix? No, she's, she's a mix. so if you see her, what's funny is like, she's a, she's a pit, you look at her head and her, like her body structure and you're like, that's a pit bull, but she stands taller. She's real tall. And, and she's mm. taller than a lot of pit bulls. And like, she's not squatty. She's still kind of like bowed out. And she has that big head. <laughs> she stands taller, and um, but I'm amazed at how well she does in a car. Like, yeah, she. We take her places all the time because we can. Like, we'll go yeah. up like one of the state parks to just go walk and hike, and she. Uh, um, like, yeah, cool. She'll yeah. just sit there, just smiling, like. <laughs> I, That's amazing. I love pitbull smiles too. Oh, Those are, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it, they're big beautiful smiles oh yeah. they are now i we have two cats but we don't they're awful people they're <laughs> uh they're miserable unpleasant rude like they eat all they're just ugh, they're awful and every day like so the dog was a rescue very like 
It was a very deliberate decision. The cats are garbage cats that were plucked from garbage situations out of nature and brought into a home where they didn't belong. Like that's that's my view of both of the cats. She pulled one of them from a car engine. Yeah, I mean, that was a rescue. You rescued it. For that's sure. Right. You rescued, for sure. A rescue that was like, oh, I'll save you from the engine. Off you go. No. <laughs> no. Off you go into our home. Yeah. It's, yeah. The other one, our daughter jumped out of a near moving car and went, I'm grabbing that cat. <gasps> so what do you do? Like someone Man, makes a that's... move like that? You're just like, I guess, okay, you know, I guess. Those cats it. are yours now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That, we have, we also have a cat and she is, I've had her for a very long time. Yeah. She started she life in Phoenix. 18. Oh, Wow. wow. Yeah, I, I got her when I was still in Phoenix. Um, but yeah, she is, she's still going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can buy cigarettes and dirty magazines. Yeah, she's, she been, she's definitely a boomer cat too. She does not understand our generation. She's yeah. Like, we're very me, me, me focused for her. It's funny. Yeah. He'll, he'll make jokes about like, she'll come down. She's very chatty. He'll make jokes of like, she walks downstairs yelling and he'll yell back like no no joe biden is president trump is not president Bella. what are you talking about like our cat is like or something i'm just like please do not like this has been my child for many years i wasn't even gonna bring it up she makes it it public on a podcast yes i i i obviously i frequently converse with the cat as though she's a conspiracy most cats are oh they're all yeah they all believe you they're like just follow the stick to the plan storm coming guys the storm's coming (laughs) (laughs) that actually told me it's july 4th now is the new is that the new date oh okay good now she's all over the dark web the dark cat web (laughs) (laughs) those are cats they're terrible i picture her with like with, you know, with like the blanket over, like, you know, tapping away, talking to people on the, on oh. 8chan. I think 8chan is where they landed because 4chan sent them off. But <laughs> I never, I never understood the chans. I always I thought, thought I, I still don't. I still don't. I, I know I they're bad. Place. Them, I, I thought they were just where like people that were really into anime were hanging. Like, I think I was so naive. I, I had thought, no idea. That's what I thought. I just was not a big anime person. I had no problem with it. It just wasn't my thing. And so I, you know, and then all of a sudden people are like, yeah, these people on 4chan are really racist and crazy. I'm like, no, I thought they were all just really into anime. That's Yes. I have no clue. I was really taken aback when this started happening. And I was like, I thought I knew my internet places. Mm-hmm. And by the way, guys, a lot of that is our generation. So technically we should know it. I know. Yeah. And I don't have any, but I'm the same way. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if you're both were never in anime, but that's just not anything we were ever... Oh, and I've I'm a couple. I mean, I've had friends convince me to watch them, and and they're not bad. They just weren't my cup of tea. The same way that I could convince them to sit down and watch like Tarkovsky's Stalker, and after like two hours, they'd be like, "Can we please stop?" <laughs> we please? Like, <laughs> I get it. like it, we would not stop being friends, but it's just we different, you know, different yeah. strokes for different folks to yep. see something. Probably my granddad would say, "I'm sorry, that's really bad." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am. 
I am apparently actually 37 years old and I'm running out of cool hip things to say. <laughs> that's why you need to get back on, that's why you need to get on TikTok, babe. Well, I okay. don't know if I can, um, can you be on TikTok if your knee aches right before a storm comes? Yes. Because my, <laughs> well, I, hey, yeah, man. Yes, he is. Good <laughs> every fucking day. <laughs> I, my knee, my knee plays a little, a little song when I walk up and down the stairs. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's, my, yep. that's one of my hips, probably Ooh. from a skateboarding injury. Every now yeah. and then I hear it creak yeah. and then it pop. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's not fine. good. It's fine. I have, I have, uh, I have an old man back <laughs> and there are periods of time where I'll just wake up and my back's like, not today, Wes, this ain't <laughs> happening. Or, and I'm laying there and I'm like, you got, you're going to have you got to come over onto the side. You got to come to the side here. She's yeah. like, what? I'm like, I can't get out of bed. You gotta... <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me say it out loud. This is embarrassing. <laughs> but it's, I think, I think things like 4chan, like that is just so far out of my scope because yeah. I never, I, when the internet was coming of age, I was only using it for like music and movie shit. Like I didn't, you had a better you were better versed in the internet when we started probably yeah yeah like you could navigate your way around stuff i'm like no i don't use that why would i use that oh yeah and i'm always the person that can set things up and do things but that i don't know that's yeah. just yeah i that's that's not for so me. how long did it take for you to get a live journal did you do live, live journal? journal no no <gasps> oh no oh my I, goodness i have one with like one or two entries but I, i'm sure they were I'm sure honestly they're probably pretty benign they're probably like yeah I'm 13 I'm like you know I think Caitlin's cute maybe one day she'll notice me and it's probably not even that sad it's just yeah more, yeah dude, this is what you were using this is what you asked your dad to get off the old mac yeah to use this, like well this <laughs> mine was definitely like I, there was a point in my mid-20s where I found it again and I was like oh no and I deleted it but now I regret deleting it because yeah why not why not have those memories i deleted oh, my yeah. myspace i deleted my friendster yeah i can't see yeah. my myspace and honestly it's probably good that i'm never running for political office <laughs> oh man yeah, i wonder i know that i didn't delete my myspace but i i don't know if i could get back onto it i should we yeah delete mine we we yeah, should die yeah yeah that was like the height of our chaos. because you're running for office congratulations <laughs> i'm here to announce my candidacy yeah. no i know i did a, i've done far too many drugs yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> to think that i ever <laughs> that doesn't matter anymore though no no it doesn't like that that is no. what trump did it's all out the window now yeah. like like i didn't just fired five people for recreational marijuana no, use. i did not like that come that on joe where like look and if you're trying to win progressives over that That's is not the, not the route to do it and definitely not and to hear the and the conversation too of their like but that i mean this is a republican talking point or a conservative talking point like the the social radical left is socialist like are we talking about joe biden like yeah i know <laughs> joe biden yeah. like joe biden <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That's always like I don't know. They just want to scare people. There's they no. Do. I yeah. mean, that's that's the whole thing. There's no all... way in this entire world that Joe Biden is socialist. He has people that are around him that like help are him. More progressive things yeah. that are more progressive, but as someone who lived literally so in middle. a socialist yeah. country, it's so funny for me oh, yeah. to hear people call yeah. Joe Biden a socialist. Yeah, yeah. like the, like the things that like 
I mean, and like you're using that example because you lived in it. Like they're so far off the scope oh my in terms of like, but that's a lack of understanding of that word too. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, 100%. If we learn that. It's scary. So they throw it around and like, right, yeah. Right. But do, do you guys kind of like, I still have weird, vague memories of Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton. I'm sure Sorry. getting like. Sorry, it scared me. Yeah, <laughs> like a bottle of bourbon and sitting down and yelling at each other, but getting something done. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're yeah. watching the West Wing again, which is a great documentary about an amazing president that a lot of us have forgotten. I never yeah. saw the West Wing in, in the first place. Yeah. It is so good. I, oh my gosh. I, we like, we've been going to bed really late because we're like, just one more. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. I know, but it is so good. It's so and, yeah. Yeah, it's so hopeful. and it's weird. It's like, they're just like, they, they're talking about a lot of the same issues that we're dealing with today. Like, a lot yes and, and and some of it hasn't aged super well like there's some banter between the male staffers and the female staffers that i'm sure if aaron sorkin could see now he would go back but it also doesn't it also addresses it sometimes and i don't know it was yeah it, but it's i think part of what's interesting about the west wing is it doesn't feel like basically what reminds you that this show it was in the what was it 90s uh, early late nineties, yeah, early two thousands. Yeah, um, yeah. Is yeah. like the visuals of it all, like how yeah. Cast, yeah. haircuts, like it's not this crisp, you well, know, the real thing, the thing HD I was gonna, whatever that we think. I was going to say the the way that it reminds me that's twenty years old is that they're like, oh, we're going to talk to these Republican senators and we might be able to get them to sign on to this bill, and it's just like, oh, oh, the Republicans used to. They, there used to be there used to, used to be true bipartisanship, right, or at right. least a little bit. There was like twenty people, or it was like twenty people, ten on each side, that would at least kind of like yes. sometimes vote for Republican it's bills. Pollination, yeah, yeah. And now it's like Daniel Day Kim the other day was on. I guess he skyped into like a, a a house hearing, and he was talking about this bill, and he said there was no money behind it, there was no action behind it. It was just cut, it was kind of called something like, you know, we condemn Asian hate, and it was a party line vote. The Democrats voted for it and the Republicans voted against it, even though there was no money and there was nothing required. It was just like a condemnation of yeah. racial hatred. And he even calls it out. He's like, I don't think I'm going to like sway all of you with this testimony today because I've seen your voting records. And I'm, I'm just like, 20 years ago, Aaron Sorkin, the, one of the most probably cynical guys ever, yeah, still believe absolutely. that there were like Republicans that would come over yeah. and even Democrats that would shift more centrist or more Republican because that was just what we were raised on. Mm-hmm. If Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton could get drunk and yell at each other and still get a budget done, like it's insane to me that we can't figure it out now. Like with, I agree, uh, I, guess, I agree. Oh, yeah. With crazy socialist Joe Biden with his Kenyan buddy, Barry, who can't yeah. predict his March <laughs> Madness bracket ever. I, Don't I, pick saga kids. I can't... I don't know that we're ever going to, I don't know that you can, it's gone so far in two opposite directions. I don't know that we can come back. Like, look at the things that have happened since that administration took over. It's all party line votes where it's like, uh, well, uh, just uh, the stimulus bill. No, like the, the Republicans are like, nah, we're not like, what do you, your states, your people are in need of this aid in need of this money. And you're bitching about it instead of going like, well, at least that I know I'm, you know, helping the economy in my state that I represent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like 
back in the day, a bunch of Republicans would have voted for it and immediately had press conferences saying, I'm doing this to help my constituents, but I wish this, this, and this wasn't in the yeah, bill. Because that's what they did. Instead, they're saying this, this, and this is in the bill, so I'm not going to vote for it to help yeah, my constituents. Yeah. And I just don't understand that. I think it's got to change. I mean, my literally, it kind of to go back to a lot of what we've been talking about, I love that the quote unquote kids just don't seem to care about the shit that like we kind of grew up kind of, you know, I kind of feel radicalized. Like I'm so angry all the time. Yes. Same way. But I feel like these kids are like, why are you so angry, man? It's like, and they're like, they have friends across the spectrum of like political beliefs, gender identity. They don't see race the way we do. Or if they do, they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, this story should have been told forever. Why, why, why am I, you know, why am I the first generation hearing this story about this like African-American success or Asian-American success or female? Like, and we're all, I'm all like, oh yeah, you know, and I'm the one having the weird conversations with my black friends being like, oh, who who was your favorite like 80s, you know, action hero? And they're like, uh, Indiana Jones. I'm like, oh crap, you don't have a lot to pick from. No, no. Like weirdly waking, like at 37 thinking I'm pretty smart. I'm like, oh, wow. Like yeah. the 80s really sucked for yes. you to have any representation yeah. Yeah. outside of like fun side characters, like in, you know. And um, no, no connectivity to other races. That was the other issue in the 80s yeah. is all we saw was, it was just white people and glamour and cocaine. And that was yeah. like, that's all anyone remembers. Like, oh, weren't the 80s wacky? Like, no, it was horrible if you weren't a white rich person. But yeah. exactly. <laughs> I think I think Karen Kilgariff talks about that on one of my favorite podcasts, mm-hmm. which you also have a connection to. We can talk about that later. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we will. Well, we're but done. yeah, she talks about like the the eight, you know, the 80s where it was like you wore two polo shirts, both collars, collars were popped. It's all um, pastel colors. And then yes. you go into your yacht's bathroom and snort a bunch of cocaine with, you know, ladies all around you. And it's like, that's yeah. the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't no, my eighties, no. but um, no. you know. No. Um, and, and that like, I, I find it funny too, that like so much of, if you look at the music from the eighties, that not the fucking like, you know, the 80s but like the punk rock and hip-hop and the movements that that hardcore really hardcore came to be in the 80s and that all had to like that comes from that that anger that disenfranchised uh you know oppressed that's where all that comes bubbling out because are you about to say trickle down economics didn't work (laughs) (laughs) who'd have thought who'd have thought (laughs) My favorite thing now is when people are, what, I saw an article a while back where they were uh, recently where they're talking about like, turns out trickle down economics never worked. No, it never fucking worked. We know it didn't work. Why are you talking about it now? Of course it didn't work. It's like, <laughs> I, w- I want to show up to these people's office and give them like one Reagan youth seven inch. Yes. Yep. Yep. And be like, I'm sorry. I would like you to listen to this and the anger and the legitimate anger on this record and tell me again that you just found out God, what is the 80s? So it's 40 years ago, 40 years ago, that triple, triple, triple down, triple down economics and trickle down economics also didn't work. Still didn't work. Yep. Um, So, so since we, we keep, we keep coming to music, I want to talk about (laughs) where, where's your jumping off point 
in punk rock. So where's the starting point? And then how do you get to emo post-hardcore? What is your, so let's start with, with my journey. Yes. Yeah. So what's your punk rock origin story? Um, let's edit that. What is your ska, Christian ska origin story? Ah! <laughs> so, um, Five Iron Frenzy? Oh my God. How did you know? Like literally. <laughs> I'm recovering you through kids. I know. I was, so I was, so one of the, t- one of the TikToks that like weirdly blew up was this one where That's I recorded it after I had seen this emo challenge and everyone talking about like, I'm an elder emo and I love all time low. And I'm like, no, that doesn't fucking work. Like I'll, I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper here. I'm just saying you're not an elder emo because it's, it's history, not gatekeeping. Right. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously for what, very worth, about this. for what it's worth, the definition of elder, that's not the definition of that word. So yeah, yeah. you're misusing elder, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, yeah, I grew up in a very religious household. Mm-hmm. Uh, shocker hello <laughs> yeah 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 and there were you know more quote-unquote alternative bands that kind of led me into like the ska five iron frenzy like that kind of thing yeah and then that led me to mxpx of course yeah yeah of yep. course yep. um and then i, I still like them i do too oh my gosh they just released a whole like album uh what is it called record box up thank you yeah words um (laughs) and by the time i got to the side it was sold out which is probably fine because i don't need 350 dollars which seems a lot oh yeah it's all like yeah yeah i'm sure i have all the mxpx stuff that i'd ever want on cd and probably in a cd book somewhere yeah Yeah. Yeah. the east coast in a box somewhere i'll find it one day um but i'm trying to side note and we can talk about this later i'm trying to ramp up my vinyl collection and i'll tell you why shortly but i will finish my (laughs) my origin story so um i was thinking about like the moment where i went from christian (laughs) christian (laughs) scott to literally jesus christ literally to like kind of more punk to emo and so I, you know, with, with all of these shows that I started going to at the Nile theater, Mm -hmm. I started seeing the same people and we all started hanging out and I started hanging out with this guy named Robert and, um, he made me a CD Mm -hmm. and mineral parking lot was on it. Oh, that was, I was like, what is this? (laughs) I love it. And then like right after that, I just, it was like, you know, get up kids, um, Hey Mercedes, like all of, all of that stuff just kind of like flew out of that one, listening to that one song. And you using mineral too, as an example, still the tie in to your, your, the Christian side, because those, yes. are, those are some Jesus ass lyrics oh on that record. Yeah. So it's so- <laughs> It's so well, funny. Pedro the Lion too. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because it's like he was. He was. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, he obviously. I yeah, I couldn't tell how much like of it. Like my career is, is no longer Christian. I actually googled that earlier to see if MXPX. I was like, is MXPX no. still consider themselves no. Christian? They don't. And I no, didn't think so, but I just wanted to confirm because I was like, was I'm going to talk about it. 
Yeah, I mean, they he my career was Christian, and he the whole band technically were yeah technically, and but they were also on Tooth and Nail, which was also very Christian. Um, They also put out like Juliana Theory and Snow, or am I missing? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they put out Juliana Theory and. You know, a lot, a lot of the way from they became much more secular. I mean, I think they were always kind of secular. It just ended up being, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you grew up in a Christian music community, it and they were good. Obviously, like there's a reason we all still remember the names Tooth and Nail. Like you know, of course, they were putting of course. out great yeah. music. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious. Like you know, I started a record label and I had a co- personal connection to every single person on the label. Yeah. Um, yep. And then it crashed and burned because I was 19 years old and had no idea what I was doing. Of course, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. We put out six, we put out six records and literally records. And that's a, that's a label. Like, yeah. think about that. Like, it, it, you put out six records. That's a fucking record label that's got a history and. It's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff in a storage locker somewhere that never sold, but you know we still <laughs> broke even somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think it's funny that you mentioned Christian ska because. I start non-Christian punk rock. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Then like we sort of get integrated in the youth group. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got like, hey, we got Minor Threat and Husker Du and the Descendants and Black Flag. Yeah. What you, like so, but then like I, you know, then MXPX, uh, the tooth and nail thing, Blaster the Rocket Boy, all that stuff. And oh, yeah. then mm-hmm. once it, you get into the hardcore thing, because then we were all hardcore kids too. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a big boom and a big crossover. And I'm sure you wow. probably encountered tons of crossover between Christian punk and hardcore and emo with secular, whatever the fuck that, like, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, there was a huge crossover in that for sure. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't out there, wasn't out of the question to see a Christian band playing with secular bands. Right, right. No, it's true. And it, it, it all made it a little bit more palatable for my mother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm smelling yeah. like cigarettes. Did you, <laughs> did you go to the Cornerstone Festival? I did not. Oh, see. Yeah, I wasn't a huge festival goer at that time because um, not only did I grow up Christian, but we also did not have a lot of money. Um, So I remember going to, I did go to a warped tour way, way back in the day. Uh Oh my God, who was it that played? See, this is why I'm nervous about playing the game that you're gonna make me play because <laughs> trivia i know things and then they just go he does oh, the same yeah i'm <laughs> terrible at it so that's why i'm like okay he's here that's fine <laughs> so he's like his brain not not the dog uh lars's brain just retains everything that are this is benny um hi benny for oh. those listening that can't see it's our puppy our pandemic puppy that we got he will be one in a month oh. two months something like that but yeah oh. he's very special <laughs> that brought you out didn't yeah. it yeah oh, oh yeah you were like puppy. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm in love with house animals with house animals She's in love with house animals <laughs> uh, me too black cats oh yes you do yeah. like black cats mm-hmm. yeah. all right go eat mm-hmm. um so <laughs> uh see what i mean they're just like 
I stroll into that conversation. That's okay. It, this is, yeah. And then we have this happening. Benny likes to make out with Marcelo. He does a oh weird slow lick on his beard. Uh-huh. I'm sure your animals like your beard as Marcelo's well. Marcelo's yeah. Oh, yeah. My, our, the dog is my, like, Sasha's yeah. my baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, every, any decision she makes, like, anyone's like, come on, Sasha. She's looking at me like, can I is do it that? safe to go with that person? Like, yeah, you live with her. So, um, <laughs> so you have like you have some similar, like so you have a similar trajectory that I do because I was mm-hmm. like I'm a recovering youth group kid, and <laughs> yeah. and now like you know I'm an adult. I'm you know at a certain point like you're doing that because you're like okay you know my parents won't you know my parents won't be mad at me or whatever and. Yeah. I mean, I think there was definitely a point where I was going to church because that's what everybody else was doing on a Sunday. And then it was just like, I finally had to like, tell my mom, like, I don't know what I believe in, Yeah, yeah. but this doesn't feel right. Like you are all putting your hands up and feel all these things. And I just don't feel that. And I don't want to like, I don't want to do it anymore. I wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden I'm like, praise Jesus, then that's great. But I just don't, I don't feel it. And she was, she understood. And every once in a while, she'll tell me she's praying for me and, you know, but it's always from a good space. Like yeah, yeah, Yeah. never, she's never tried to force anything back onto me after we had like the talk of like, I just don't, you know, so she didn't grow up with any, like, no, no, no religion. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I grew up across the street from a church that we, you know, <laughs> it was just there. You look and I was like, feel the vibes from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's well, what you should do. And it was never, ever that way. And then I was with someone who was very religious and started going to church. And then I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really strange. Yeah. And then, yeah. we, you know, we briefly went to church the same. Yeah. Church I, my, we went to the church that my parents were attending at the time when we were first married. We weren't married yet. Um, no. But it was like, uh, we'll go. But like, we didn't, be, you know, it was just it's like, just weird. you know, my, I think we were trying to do it to like, for my folks, you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't, I stopped believing in that, any of that, like a long time ago. Yeah. I, you, know, you hit your early 20s and you, you, you know, real life starts to like, take grip and you're like wait so hold on that all of those fucking rules like you start to reevaluate wait a minute so like (laughs) you you mean to tell me like i'm supposed to believe a b and c but like you're still you're you know you're mad at people because they're gay you're you know like there were just things that were never checked out to me and it, then you hit the point where, like you, where you're like, I don't think I believe this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think totally, totally. But the bands were okay. <laughs> but you know, Five Iron Frenzy led me to MXPX, led me to Mineral, and then just from there, it was. I now can you all can you still <laughs> listen to to Mineral? Yes. Can you? I do. Yeah. So, Are you no? I'm so here's I have a weird relationship with it because we were all really into mineral right mm, and this this okay. is all of us were still pretty like I was most most of my music taste was non-christian but I did mm-hmm. listen to a lot of you know and I never counted mineral it was just like oh that's a good blend I guess yeah but 
I think that's a certain point in my life that I look at now kind of like, kind of cringe at. And I think I attach it to certain memories, but that first record, I still do like that still works for me. The second one, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I feel like there are some of those older albums. um, Like I don't listen to the ska stuff anymore, but it's not like I would, I don't know. Like I'm not going to put on five iron frenzy because it kind of does connect back to that, like religious stuff that I was just like, okay, I like this music and it makes my mom happy because it's, you know, they love Jesus. She loves Jesus. <laughs> uh, and I just, it's not that I connect back to that anymore. Right, so right, right, right. I understand that. Yeah. I, I think too, like now that I'm older, some of that stuff I can revisit, like over mm-hmm. the last like five or six years, like, I think I always kind of still liked MXPX. Mm-hmm. Like I would go back and listen to those songs and be like, ah, that's pretty good. That's still yeah. good. Yeah, um, totally, totally. But no, I mean, no. MXPX is definitely one of those, though. Yeah, now that I'm older, I'm definitely this like, oh, good. yeah, yeah, they're a good band. Yeah. Um. So, so I want to get into. I've developed an emo gauntlet. Now, normally, like we have some <laughs> games we play on the show. One of them's called. One of them's called We Fucking, which is basically like I give her a list of things like people, and I'd be like, Are we fucking these people or not? <laughs> I, but I, like. It doesn't work. Oh, well. yeah. My so, mom's definitely not going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> we're not playing. We fucking. Um, we fucking this emo band? <laughs> yeah. and, and most of those guys I look at and go, eh, eh, no, you know. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to, and I want both of you to. to Good, because he's the brains of the operation. Okay. So. so I, I, I'm being set up for failure. <laughs> so. I know for you, Minerals, the tipping point. So we've established that's your, mm-hmm. we'll say that's your first emo band. Yeah, I would okay. say that. All right, Lars, what is your tipping point? I'm trying to think. Um, so I grew up like skate kid stuff. So it was a lot of hip hop. I honestly think probably, honestly, I, I embarrassingly and also not embarrassingly, probably my first punk band was like the weird Beastie Boys punk stuff that I'm got me, good. you know, yep. and then reading about what they were listening to in like the eighties in New yep. York. Yep. So I got into punk a lot and I always really liked the more melodic punk stuff. I'm really trying to remember what would be the first, cause Rites of Spring came later, even though I was a yep. DC yep. kid. Yep. Um, and also I think even when I heard Rites of Spring, it didn't scream emo to me. No, at the time. I'm, same. I'm the same. Yeah. I, I can see back now, like with like a, you know, more historical views, like, okay, that might be when people started seeing this is what was possible. Probably my first real emo band. It probably have to be, it's probably gotta be Jimmy Eat World, Bleed okay. America. Okay, that makes total sense. Like I, I always, I, I come from- I don't, a- don't even consider them emo, but you know, with the- They are, I mean- they're they're absolutely they're When that, you'd probably say that's yours, right? I guess. Yeah. For the album before, which I'm blanking on the name of, but with like Lucky Denver Mint and... Clarity. Clarity, Clarity, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it was Bleed American. I think it was Clarity. It was Clarity, but Bleed American, I think, was at that point where I was like, oh, Jimmy World are Yeah, but didn't they release that like a year later? 
it was well, it was pretty close it was really close it was well, crazy that was another good thing about being from phoenix is you would oh, see yeah, jim yeah. at different like i went to a international noise conspiracy show and jim was, was like right, standing right behind me and then they were like chatting afterwards and i was like yeah. this is weird and awesome yeah. <laughs> i so I, I come, I have the mentality for myself and it's like, I can't say Fugazi because I didn't consider them that. No. And I yeah, that's why I didn't even bother and, saying it. Yeah. And I can't say quicksand either because I didn't view them that way. I, like I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. of that word. It's Do people consider quicksand, is that just because he was in like rival schools and stuff? It's, part, it's post-hardcore. Like I see yeah. Yeah. as post-hardcore. I love Walter Schreifels, but like oh, I always think of him, I think Gorilla Biscuits, and then I think quicksand is like a natural extension of that. And yeah. I'm a big Deftones fan, even though apparently okay. they have some weird- This is why I keep him around for yeah. trivia. Because <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <all of that. laughs> yeah. It's, I, I recently read the guitar player is- uh, is it anti, is it like a flat earther, anti-vax, like all kinds you know, of things. I, I was about to say they have some problematic views, but I, I was, I'm still like White Pony is like a really big album to yeah. me. Yeah. And I know that, um, God, I'm blanking on his name, but like when, you know, the Deftones went through that awful tragedy where their bassist was in a coma for a number of years. I know that there was a um, quicksand, the quicksand bassist was playing yeah, with that. Uh, Sergio? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so there was like this weird connection between like two of my favorite bands that I kind of thought there was like some distance between. And I always kind of loved being like, oh man, I love Slip and I love White Pony and I love that yeah. they're like somehow connected yeah. in this weird kind of way. Yeah, I, I have a similar thing because I'm a, a huge fan of Far. Oh but yeah. I, like I was never, wait do you guys hear the, listen to the episode that Joan is on. Well, of course, <laughs> oh, duh. Like, like it was a straight up like, we like it felt like a therapy session like it was one of my one sorry quickly no, one of, speaking, of phoenix, speaking of phoenix that one of my favorite shows that i ever ever saw in phoenix arizona was at the modified which was this really small art space yeah and they would have shows the stage was like you know this high off the ground in the yeah. corner and that was a one line drawing yeah and it was just so good and it was like yeah he's such a hard um i had to i had to throw that out jonah has that connection too to the deftones because they were all like southern california like that's a weird connection but like but yeah like quicksand i never counted so my tipping point is always going to be texas is the reason oh yeah that's fucking it for me like when i (laughs) heard that i was like Fuck hardcore! I'm allowed to stay. <laughs> Fuck hardcore! I'm gonna go cry in the corner now. I, I'm a, I'm wearing button downs and have a yeah. stupid haircut, and I'm singing yeah. about girls. I'm not yeah. screaming it like oh, but that record. I'm still I listen to it all the fucking time. It's yeah. so good. I feel like Texas is is the reason came in quickly after m- me discovering Mineral. Like I think it happens whole, a lot. Yeah. 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 It, it's, oh, a, so it's good. a touch point like the, texas mm-hmm. is the reason and the promise ring are from oh. that era where they're easy touch points like her coming in and not knowing any of it she Zero. immediately gravitated to the promise ring yeah yeah of course oh my god i love and also i'm, I'm just also I'm just realizing dancing to it in my head right yeah, now yeah yeah <laughs> i'm realizing that at the drive-in might have predated jimmy world but again i don't really weirdly don't think of them as an emo band i think of them as a punk band yeah, but yeah. it was like in that space, right? Yeah, like it is, it is. There, there was 
so much that like bled across things though at, the, at that point where like we would consider ourselves emo or punk or whatever but it was like you listened to at the drive-in you listened to mineral you listened to the get up kids oh, yes. you listened yeah. Yeah. to you know um i don't know other stuff that yeah no, stuff you know like it was just it kind of went all over the place i agree Sorry if you hear our dog whining no, oh, no, sad no, now, totally so. Fine. so ashley tell them real quick about your relationship with the warp tour <laughs> because tell them that while I refill my coffee because it's very so, funny to me I have like musically so I don't know any of this it's like you guys are all speaking a foreign language to me honestly um because <laughs> it was never I mean I was always like a pop kid and then um my parents got like super into country music so my <laughs> 90s was all 90s country music yeah. So it was, I mean, that's what it was. And then I finally was like able to branch off into my own and it was still just pop music, like TRL pop music. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. My best friend became obsessed with Good Charlotte. So much so that we had to like. <laughs> She's going to hear we're talking about. This yeah, <laughs> she is. Yeah. yeah. That we like, we like followed Good Charlotte around like like Dead deadheads follow the grateful dead around <laughs> that's amazing oh wow so wow i, I, I think two two warp tours i believe i mm-hmm. cannot really remember um just following them around you know following yeah. but i didn't want to yeah. be in that like pit i hated being in like all the craziness so i would just let them go and i would go like sit in with um like just random bands so we were trying to figure out which ones i went to and who i saw mm-hmm. and we couldn't really figure out but i just sat i would just sit and watch like weird bands play i know one of them like everyone had giant mohawk oh she saw the casualties um, oh whoa that's, that's awesome. so rad. Yeah, casually seeing the cavalry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know they were fine. <laughs> it could have been rancid. Bands that I would just H- be like H two O. I think you saw maybe. Yeah, I think H2O. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because rancid. I think rancid played the year that I was at. That one of the years because I maybe only yeah, went to one or two warp tours. There was definitely the there was definitely a couple of years where rancid. They at least the two front guys had mohawks. Big mohawks. Oh yeah, Lars and Jim. Lars had a big mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So did Tim before, before he got yeah. that fucking tattoo on his head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, I would just be like, it was almost like an amphitheater sort of space. And as somebody from yeah, it was rancid. sort of that area, how did you get into Waldorf's finest Good Charlotte? Like, how were you, like, were you from like that sort because of area? Alicia no. had terrible taste. <laughs> I don't know. My my best friend just loved she them. Was she, they, they just they were fell obs- in love with Good Charlotte. I, I remember there was one song that was everywhere, and maybe it's good that I'm getting older, but I literally can't remember any of it. But I remember there was one Good Charlotte song that was everywhere for yeah. at least a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. There, and I can't remember, I can't remember a single other songs, but I know they were huge. Yeah. It was, it was funny because what I remember of Good Charlotte is they were huge, so I didn't like them. Yeah. 
we saw my, my chemical powerful. romance people uh, like everyone that's on tiktok that's like my chemical romance i'm like i have probably been forced to listen to a song if i'm on listening to the radio i've never listened to my chemical romance <laughs> my all-time low too like again oh, like, no i don't know them yeah uh-uh. no i don't know them. My chemical romance yeah like I that's like her them. stuff my yeah. chem fallout boy yeah. ocean City fallout boy no idea yeah. i mean so, I, i'm sure i do but you no. know so my sister okay. is pretty good friends with Alex Saavedra, who ran Eyeball Records. Okay. And he put out My Chems. So I met Mikey and Gerard and all those kids back when they had one album out before they were big. They had like yeah. one crazy kind of, I don't really remember it, but I kind of remember it being sort of like gothy punk, but it wasn't quite okay. like the gothy David Bowie-esque like rock. Not that I dislike what My Chem were doing, but it was just so weird to see that. Yeah. And I just remember them. It was, I think it was weirdly going back to Jimmy Eat World. I think Coed and Cambria were on tour with Jimmy Eat World. Yes. Coed and Cambria took a break. Yep. My Chem had just signed on to the same booking agency as Coed and Cambria. So they got slotted in. Yes. Mm. And um, that's how My Chem got huge. Oh, okay. Is that yeah. Coed, yeah. and I don't remember if it was Claudio, maybe it was an injury to his voice, or, but just for some reason they couldn't do it. And My Chemical Romance went from being this small kind of culty band from Northern New Jersey. And then all of a sudden they were on tour with, with um, Jimmy World and just like the whole world opened up to them. And it was su- right. super cool to see. And um, going back to, to Warp Tour, I remember we went to Warp Tour once because my sister stayed in touch with Gerard and Mikey Way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is forever ago. So I don't, I don't know how close they are anymore. We're definitely not. Um, yeah, they were always really nice kids. And it was it was kind of fun to see them and to have like remembered hanging out in crappy dive bars in yeah. New Jersey yeah. with them because yeah. they didn't act any different around us. Once like yeah. when they when my sister was like, Oh, come hang out, we're like on the tour bus. They just acted like we were the same idiot kids who love comic books and horror right. and um it's actually really cool to me to see that Gerard's been working on like a an animated series or that's based on his comic book and like I almost want to go back and catch up on what he's been doing because like, I think them getting so big, there was a part of that for me where I was like, oh man, like yeah. it's too big for me, but I'm really excited for him. Like he's doing all this because he was an artist um, the whole time. And like, so none of this is like weird. Everyone's like, oh, well, of course he's an artist. And I was like, no, he was always into this. He was always into comic books. He was as always- As far as I yeah. understood them, they were always yeah. like that. They're all- was there. He made those- and They were the sweetest kids. And then Look, I just remember them being very sweet and very nice sure. throughout every time we ran into them, whether I liked their music or not. And I feel like there were definitely times I was drunk enough to let them know that maybe I wasn't as a big a fan of the Black Parade or whatever it was as your average 17 year old. Of course you did. But they laughed at <laughs> And they were really sweet about it. And like, you know, obviously, and again, you know, I'm doing a middle part because the teens on TikTok are bullying me. So they didn't take oh, yeah. my opinion well, seriously. I, my, I would... I would say that I was kind of into them. I saw them and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. And then our son cash got super into them. And I was like, yeah, like it's, it's like listening to but it you all liked the time. Two of those records a lot. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And it kind of brought it back. Like, oh yeah, I do remember that. That yeah. was really, those are fun. And then we got cash, the comic books. Um, oh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, Umbrella yeah. Academy. He's and really then, yeah, that. they, they yeah. made him into oh, a... that's right. That's so. him. I forgot that was him. Yeah, yeah that's, that's him. him. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of this animated series, but yeah, I forgot he did Umbrella Academy. Yeah, with, might there might be... He might be doing... He did do something with an animated series, and I can't remember yeah. what it is. 
But I like I also I, I have a hard time placing them in the emo realm. Because if you look at like yeah. the Black Parade and that sort of stuff, it's very theat. They're not, that's right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree. <laughs> because they're not. They I have, mean, are they more like pop punk? Well, I dropped David Bowie because that's literally kind of where I, I kind of think of it as like this big rock opera kind of thing. And, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. Like they- No, 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 no. In a good way. If you're doing dual harmonized leads, like Thin yes. Lizzy, like, <laughs> not a That's fucking emo band, man. I, this is not Knapsack. No, no. <laughs> uh, by the way, Blair, one of the most underrated songwriters of that era. Like, yes. all mm-hmm. his bands are good. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. So, so we've established an origin point. So... <laughs> This yeah, game, I know. How much? Great start. I'm how sorry much are is? Yeah, how much? Yeah, is, I know. Is your <laughs> audio person gonna have to cut out because we're just like Idiots. going everywhere. <laughs> um, favorite? What is to this day? What is the emo record that is your? You gonna take it and go? This is my one. This is this is it for me. People have asked me this before. It's so hard to. Oh my gosh! I mean, starting with the easy ones. (laughs) No, you're not. None of it is easy because I just love it. Yeah, I love them all so much. I think that I would either say there's just it's like every time I want to say something, the other one's like another one pops in. Uh, Yep. Yep. Get up, kids! Something to write home about will always be. I mean, yep. I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah. I saw the robot. Live. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think like it was. I like saw. We love is like you know watching them live. We were like you know in the kitchen dancing around, or I was dancing around. Yeah. Um, forcing him to dance with me at some points, and <laughs> um, you know at that moment I had had enough wine where I'm like I'm getting the robot tattooed on me. Blah. You know, like it's gonna happen. Um. <laughs> I also think that one that will always be huge for me is um, the anniversary, the designing oh. a nervous breakdown. Oh, interesting. Yep. That is, choice. there is no song on that album that is bad. No, I like the mix of their voices too. His and her, like the male, female. Love. Yeah. And I was, Love. I was in high school choir and I think I can kind of sing. So that's fun to try with that. <laughs> you can yeah, she can definitely sing. It's definitely not. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, she's, she's really nailing that promise ring song. And then sometimes it's just her. I can hear It's just like, oh, she's yeah. done a pretty good job. It's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. See, um, you you could. <laughs> okay. So who wants to start a band? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's so hard because I, I can think of like, there's a bunch that's popped into my head and I'm like, well, it's not really emo. Like I want to, I want to say small brown bike, but that's, I don't, I, I don't count, know if I can. I count them as being a part of that world though. Same way. It's I a part of the world. The riverbed is one of my, I think that is just what they did on that album was just so crazy. And like, that's, I love, cause there's a lot of songs like Mother Mary by far. Ugh. And like, I love that album. See that one too. Yeah. Man, fuck. It's just hard because it's weird because I think looking back on it, and I'm sure you guys have this issue too. It's like, it all gets so fragmented. Like I'm thinking of making playlists for friends of mine that are like, oh, I really like that Knapsack song. I'm like, well, hang on. You're different bands. So I'm trying to think of the album that I would just, you know, like a vinyl album, I would put the needle down and not have to worry about it except to flip the record. 
small brown bike would definitely be on there. Um, basically, this is it's hard. It's such a hard it's so hard. Many good ones. Um, I, dropped, I dropped a harder question than I thought. Yeah. I know. Now we're going to meet the rest of the questions. We're totally screwed if this is the no, no, they're not that bad. I and I can tell you, having played with small brown bike, those dudes were like like there was an urgency to them like they so good yeah really good yeah. Band. i do count that stuff that whole them hot water music that yeah. like that is really a part of that whole thing yeah it's um, totally a part of it uh so, uh side note get up kids i have a great story about getting drunk with them um <laughs> Ooh. was it at their bar we, i've heard that that guy owns a really rad bar in in lawrence kansas no they were in the area so oh, cool. They were on tour with Green Day and Weezer, or Weezer. <laughs> they were on tour with Weezer, maybe. And we were friends with Kofax. We played with Kofax all the time. Oh, nice! Because we're from the same area. Yeah. Um, and uh, so like we were always like when they would when they would be on tour, like because we like we didn't like you know we played regionally. We went out of state in the states around us, surrounding us. Mm-hmm. But like we weren't national touring act like they were. So like when they would play locally, they're always, we were on the bill because they wanted us. Yeah. So, um, we had that connection because they were friends with the Get Up Kids because they were on the Get Up Kids label. Nice. And uh, they were, the Get Up Kids were on tour with Weezer. I know for sure it was Weezer because we mm-hmm. talked about River. <laughs> Rivers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. uh, um but we caught word like, yeah, they're gonna, they're on an off night. So they came down to watch Kofax. And I was like, oh fuck. So what we ended up doing was um we we found out they were gonna be at that bar that we that's like our hood. So we went there and like like sure, sure enough, there they were sitting at a table, and nobody knew, like nobody was paying attention. So we bought them a bunch of pitchers of beer and they're like, Well, you gotta sit and drink it with us. So we were like, okay. So we sat down and we just drank with them all night and just awesome. so approachable and like, yeah. like, and it was like, oh wait, no, we're just like, just because they're on tour with Weezer, like we have, we have mutual friends. Like it, it was a, you know, it was a whole thing, but nice guys, nice dudes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so since we've, since we established the album. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is hard to do. <laughs> This is a thing where you're going to out yourself a little bit, but it's fun to do. Okay. Uh, did you fall into the trappings of the emo fashions? <laughs> you clearly haven't seen all of my TikToks. I, so, so Thursday wore it was loaded. It was a loaded question. I knew you did. No, it's fine. So Hold Thursday on. wore diesel jeans. I knew this because I, you know, was loosely yeah. in their periphery. I owned at least three pairs of used because I couldn't afford new diesel jeans oh, at the can't. time. No, of course not. No, no, that's, yeah, that's not. But yeah, I definitely had a couple of pairs of diesel jeans. I tried to model my look after Tucker, the drummer from Thursday. So okay. long hair, black, yeah. tight black t-shirt, yep. blue jeans. I don't remember the shoes they wore. Were they Converse? Because I was, I was in Sweden, so Converse was the big thing that you always wore. So they, I, yeah, they had to have been a Converse band or they, they could have been like a, an adidas band i was about to say they kind of scream adidas in my mm-hmm. head but i can't think their shoes but i had both anyway so it would have been easy to pull off um yeah. there was also like there were the the kids who were like 
wore like all black, like really tight, like button up shirt, really tight black jeans and like black shiny pointy shoes. Yes. Um, and I think Julianne that was a really big thing in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah Julianne theory. Julianne theory. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there, you know, that was really big in Phoenix, which why, I mean, you know, why are you going to a yeah. show where you're sweating and wearing all black long sleeves? And honestly, like, I, I don't think I ever really but... graduated out of like just the sort of general rule of like messy hair, black t-shirt, blue jeans, yeah. probably black shoes. And like, I, I definitely mm-hmm. am a little bit crazier now, but I think most of my 20s and early 30s, like while I wasn't necessarily trying to do that, like my wardrobe was so... Like it yep. just kind of became very easy to wear. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then I-, sure. I no, I was the same way. I was it was always like some obnoxious t-shirt mm-hmm. um or a hoodie. Uh yeah, blue, lots of blue jeans and and vans. I always I was always like the black old school vans. And those are great. Um and like that I haven't like I still buy obnoxious t-shirts and I still buy black vans and yeah. Uh, like I, you know, n- shit didn't change at all. You know, I, um, I mean, my hair has gotten a lot better. Um, <laughs> go through the, did you go through some of the emo haircuts? Yeah. 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 You, uh, it was, I mean, it was like, it was weird. Cause it was like before I'm just gonna, it was before the kids thought it was cool. Um, <laughs> but it was like before like the scene thing happened, like in the mid two thousands, right. Yep. Yep. Where yep. there were so many Phoenix kids were doing the like duck butt haircut. You know <laughs> what I mean? Where like, yeah, yeah. Duck butt haircut. And like the straightener yep. was your best friend. Yep. And, you know, I also worked at a salon so there, you know, I have friends who would just play with my hair. Oh, it's, it's fine. It, it's, <laughs> it's really okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, I know, but he's not going to stop unless we address it. He's just going to keep on protecting us. Um, anywho, <laughs> we had a delivery, you know, that, oh. the, the UPS guy is coming to murder us. Um, (laughs) thank you, honey. Uh, but yeah, we had, we had that hair. I, at some point I had like this mohawk, but the sides weren't shaved. It was just really short. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. I did a bunch of wild shit because I worked at a hair salon. Yeah. She went through crazy hairdos all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still do. Like before this, I had short, light pink hair. Like there was, when I worked at the agency, which actually my last day was yesterday. um, Oh, (laughs) whole nother story. Uh, When I worked at the agency, like every time they would have me do a headshot to like add to like a client deck or something, literally different hair hair, like two weeks later (laughs) I don't know what it was I was like I must do something different and like yeah there was a person who thought he was always dating another girl because my hair was like thought I was just like this dude this dude is just burning through chicks what is he doing I'm like Wes gets around (laughs) in fairness but I mean yeah it was still it was me I was in a band I was making all right now it's time to ask you questions no (laughs) (laughs) I could never dye my hair black because I've got that weird kind of like 
pink skin and if you have black hair it doesn't make you it just makes you look constantly mild i understand hair. yes yeah <laughs> so i was always stuck with sticking with my sort of auburny gingery yep. hair yep. which is fine <laughs> and there wasn't oh, much i could do sorry. with it because i guess it, it, it's kind of messy today but you can kind of see it's like wavy like yeah, i would have nope. had to straighten it to do anything cool so literally the only thing i could do is grow it out yeah no and that and that's uh like so i went through some of the stupid haircuts um but like i've always kind of kept somewhere near like the pompadour area not yeah. quite one but like that's my sweet spot i have thick hair so like that's right in the like so that was a thing where it's like that's kind of a haircut that i can hold on to and yeah it stays in but i went i mean we all like but having said that look at the like the kids that came after us wild Wow. That, that, it was because it was all I looked at them like this fucking Motley Crue like they look like Motley yeah. Crue like yeah hot yeah top, that's hot, true the hot, hot topic, topic fashion was honestly like looking back at it, I'm actually like I was embarrassed by it but now I'm like that's impressive yeah yeah, yeah. you had so more their... confidence at 15 than I am yeah. I have now yeah elaborate a lot of work too. elaborate we would wear, like we would wear like the studded belts but they would wear like five studded oh, belts man. I they, we would wear the black eyeliner they would like their whole eyes would have it was like they just took Correct. what we did in like, the late 90s early 2000s and like blew it up yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i that's that was always funny to me too to look when i just found out what the kids after us did and i've gone back since and looked i'm like wow like you guys really were into the, I, I had, there's, a, I don't remember which musician said it, but one of the guys from a band from our generation said, when the kids, when the band started looking like the kids in the crowd, that's when everything changed. And, and I, oh, I yeah. think, and I think that's kind of where I, I that's a really good breaking point on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are more, plugged into that technically right for sure yeah the but hot- thinking about those hot topic kids and i i'm a huge drag race fan like those are they're that's a form of drag face and how they that's a that that's a oh form yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah i didn't even think about that until, look at you yeah oh, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i've never thought of that either but that's such a good oh, point oh, also you're right, you're right. Yeah. right um so that yeah. did that sort of knocked one of the questions off like so hot topic was that like secretly scoffed at and, and still did shop there I mean, we, I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. There was not much to do. So we did, we did do some shopping there, but there was, there was that turning point where it was like, no, yeah, yeah. or like we would go in and be like, maybe no, you know, it was just like, we would be hopeful and then it would just be too much. Um, It's an explosion of of just too much. There's too much. Yeah. I mean, like we would, if we needed a, no, you're fine. If we needed like a studded belt or something, we would go there (laughs) because that's where we get them. But you know, there was like so many options that you wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole. And then you're like, where's the traditional the traditional one black one with the two rows of the pyramids yep. Give me yeah. that you know like when Wes yeah. you probably recognize this like you know just literally having been in a few crappy bands and having friends in better bands and running a crappy label with better yep. bands on it I was always you know if I was going to buy a t-shirt I would probably buy a t-shirt from a band that mildly impressed me as an opening <laughs> band than I would at Hot Topic yes. just because I knew that that 20 bucks was going to gas and food yes. and yeah. yeah so I, I luckily had it yeah. 
I had an older sister that really instilled that in my head like early on. So like, it was cool that Hot Topic had that stuff. And like, you know, I'm not begrudging anyone who shopped there, but yeah, I just, you know, my sister Anna was like, these guys need gas, they need money. Yep. So if you didn't hate their set, yep. grab a $15 t-shirt or a $10 CD. And yeah, that's where I had to give away a lot of t-shirts and it was pretty easy to get rid of a lot of them. Cause I was like, I don't remember this band. I yes. have no idea who this yep. is. Yeah, and I feel bad. I'm sure people have T-shirts from my bands and are just, hopefully have given them away to goodwill too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I know. Didn't you? Did you find one of our old shirts at a goodwill? Somebody did, and I was like, hell I yeah, someone, someone did. Yeah, I, I loved that. I thought that was so great. Um, <laughs> did you? So, um, were you? Now, were you guys like the one inch button who who on your, on the jacket? Oh yeah. Oh, lots of, but I, I love that eighties punk fashion. Yeah. Even okay. though I wasn't, so I, I had like, lo- I tried to do little, little like I uh, groupings of them. buttons on my jean jacket. Yeah, but I do too. Yeah. <laughs> who, all right. So who, who was your, like, who's, who was like the one you're like, I got to make sure that's on there. I mean, let's establishing be real. Who I am as a music. Those, if I were to wear a jean jacket in Phoenix, yeah. <laughs> uh, you would go to a show and that shit would get knocked off. So it yeah. was literally just like the one that you had. Like that's what it was. I'll go Understood. Yeah. Um I, I think I was such a I literally like even when I was in very emo y sort of punky, like later stage punky bands, like I I, I loved the old school stuff. So like it was probably a dead Kennedy's button or a clash okay. button. Yep. Um, yep. I kind of, I don't think I really ever got a lot of buttons from, from like recent, I, I know I had a cool Thursday Dove one. And oh, I'm sure. sure. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, yep. pretty key in my um, jean jacket or canvas jacket setup. Yeah. That probably Thursday was probably the only like recent band that I probably had. I was very, I don't know, in, in that way that you do as a kid, like borrowing from the past and like creating my punk identity through also being yep. like, yep. you know, trying to be like an 80s punk historian or whatever. Yeah, I I had a, uh, I had a similar like, um, a similar thing where like, I liked the groupings of like, you know, here here's a like, the one thing, and I recently rebought. Uh, I had the Husker Du, the the line uh, with the line that I can't. I don't know what it. It looked like the top of a. It looked like a manhole cover, but like yeah. I, um, <laughs> I had that pin for years, and I recently, like a year or two ago, rebought an enamel version of it. But that was the nice. one that I was always like, no matter what, know that I'm a Husker Du fan. Yeah. <laughs> That was a big deal to me because I'm still like Bob Mold's one of my, that's one of my like guys, you know? That, yeah. Um, so a, a couple more of these uh, to not make them too hard. Mixtape or mix CD go-tos? What was like the like, I, all right, I got to impress this person. What are some of the tracks? Or do you want me to go first? You go first because okay. I'm. we've already established I'm not good at remembering. If things, I wanted to impress, so, so I'm just going to generalize it. It would be like, anybody I want to impress yeah uh, regardless of gender or or reasoning to impress them mm-hmm. um courage was confused knapsack uh probably oh, anything uh, off of probably yeah. any small brown bike song okay head to wall quicksands yeah 
Napoleon solo at the drive-in. Yeah. Um, probably a couple of like, I'd probably throw a Pixie song on there to be crazy and a Joy Division song to be crazy. Yes. Just because I wanted them to know that I understood the history yep. of this emotional weight that we're all carrying through music yes. and music <laughs> fandoms. Um, Mother Mary by far, yeah, easily. Of course, of course. Song, yeah. I, you can put that on. I literally, that's a, that's a go-to on a sad day song for me. It's like so there's there's something about it like there have been times where he'll just put it on and i'm like dance party around the house just like yeah it's so good Uh, lucky lucky denver mint because i've never been embarrassed of my jimmy world fandom and you should not be clarity Uh, fucking rules there's nothing to be that album is that that is there when that record came out that was one of those things where all the emo all the emo bands went oh fuck we got to start over like yeah better than that we got to start over and those guys were so nice. Like Jen got to know them, but like, you know, cause I, I had that kind of a little bit of a tie-in with the My Chem kids before they, they blew up. And like, I think we were in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, all the bands were playing before. And my sister and I were just hanging out in the wings, you know, on the on side of the stage. And we were just chatting to this really nice guy. And yeah. he was super fun. And he like complimented, you know, like, you know, me on my shirt or whatever. And we were having this great conversation. He walks off and my sister was like, yeah, so that's Jimmy from Jimmy World. And I was like, oh. What? I was like, it was, I felt so disarmed because I just thought I was talking to this cool like roadie guy who was yeah. like, probably knew yeah. how to tune guitars better than anyone. I was like, no, because weirdly it's like, I always, I think I had that, what is it? The um, the phenomenon that football players say they had, they have like helmet head, like no one knows who they are in public. Yes. Like I think weirdly, I really mm-hmm. didn't have a good idea of what a lot of my favorite bands, wh- who they really look like. Yes, yeah. yes. Sometimes yes. I would meet these guys and I'd have these great conversations. And I think I was really lucky to yeah, not get that starstruck. Was back before like the internet told us everything. Oh yeah. You yes. know, I mean, we yes. do certain good things, point. but it was like, you if know. You didn't get that wanted... issue of AP Magazine. You didn't know what Jimmy yeah. World looked like. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't get that yeah. issue. <laughs> so yeah. I was talking to this really nice, handsome, charming beautifully great eyes piercing piercing eyes it's a man we're gonna we're gonna shut off the video <laughs> it was just so funny because i remember being like embarrassed and then also not embarrassed because it was like a really cool genuine oh, interaction yeah. with like a yeah. human being and i was like oh that's really cool because yeah. i'm like some yeah. idiot 18 19 year old kid well, and I think that, I mean, there, there wasn't, we had some stuff that came out of Phoenix that was good. And obviously Jimmy World is like up there, but. Of course, yeah. That's like, the, yeah. Like there was a band called Never Gonna Score. That was a pop punk band that then led to the format. Oh, right. That, have you heard of the format? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then of course, Nate went and was in fun which uh that's bella's yelling at that bella you just heard our cat yelling about it um oh yeah it's part of our conspiracy theory um it's like that band's not real yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no uh that's not fun isn't real um but like i got to know like nate and sam and those guys because of the like the nile theater days and that never get they started as never going to score and then you know they were the format and then they blew up and like you know everyone kind of went off in their own directions right and then like at the gym one day on the elliptical 
just like probably hung over wishing that, you know, this sweat would get all of the alcohol out of me. And <laughs> I look up and I'm like, Nate and he they had it on like MTV or something and it's like yeah. fun is their first you know tonight yeah. um and yeah yes oh, okay. and so I was like Nate <laughs> it was just so <laughs> weird but that yeah it's that's that's a fun thing about music is like you it know yeah. change and grow and all of that, but yeah. Honestly, I don't know if you can hear it in their music, but the guy I really grew up emoing out with in England was a, a really great guy named Jimmy who would go on to be the guitarist in Foles. Oh. Yeah, really? so it's so funny because I, I remember him writing me forever ago and saying, we have a seven inch coming out on the small London label and we're doing this crazy math rock thing. And that made sense because we were like, minus the bear, like we got all that stuff. Yeah, and like, sure, sure. It felt like a natural progression. And every now and then I, I listen to the music and I'm like, yeah, that's the dude I got really drunk on Jim Beam with and listened to like Jimmy World until like four in the morning when his parents yeah. were out of town. Yeah. And it's just so funny because yeah, he's the only guy like where everyone's like, oh, there's this, you know, person you grow up with and you can never treat them as famous. Whenever I see Jimmy like in a music video, and I'm but, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I remember yeah. I remember being like 16 with that kid. Like this doesn't it this, wasn't that oh. one of the last shows that we went to before lockdown. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and she like, finally got to see my I've met everyone. It was like it was weird. And like I've I, you know, I'm not my friend used to manage the Lumineers, so it's not like you know, we're I've been around bands who are doing bigger things, but um Maybe. My cousin, that was, my cousin's a booking agent and hmm. they might be one of his, his bands. Cause he also manages Courtney Barnett. Well, that my Ooh. friend doesn't manage Lumineers anymore. There was a whole okay. thing in, in okay. Seattle. We won't go into that. Cause she's not related to the bad stuff. She's oh. just worked with okay. the person who did the bad stuff. Um, ah, okay. Am I yeah. the right band? Maybe I'm not. I don't I know. Don't no i'm not i'm thinking it's something smoke 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 smokers smokes chain smokers no, no? <laughs> we all made the same you face <laughs> oh those people Barnett and disc are on his roster i know that because our son okay. loves disc so not it um so the only th the, i guess the the one thing i the to close out this little game because mm -hmm. I, I, I'm glad it went in all these different directions. It went so many directions. Are we winning though? <laughs> yeah, we need to win. This is this is a this is a participation trophy game. So, because <laughs> um, we, we know the, the boomers God. fucking yeah. hate that. Um, <laughs> you're building your like first ballot Hall of Fame. Yours personally, not yeah. like well, if I'm going by the history of it. Who is your, who is your, your five, you like your five bands that are like, these are the ones that make this music important to me. I obviously know the Get Up Kids would make yours. The Get Up Kids and, and Anniversary. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Um, is this, this is, this is uh, first ballot voted into the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It'd have to be. Do you want time to think? Sorry, I don't want to jump in if 
I don't want to be that guy who interrupts. No, it's fine. As long as we're just throwing stuff out there. Yeah. The ones that, this wouldn't be on my hall. They wouldn't be on my hall of fame, but they would be on like my, my hall of fame of from the beginning. We didn't talk about the Ataris. I just want to throw that. Oh yeah. 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 San Diego yeah. high school football does rule. It does. And he was um, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Death Cab. Like early, like, okay. I mean, I love Death Cab now. And that's, it's funny because, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on his name. This is what happens in trivia for me. Ben, ben, ben Gibbard. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he likes to go to our favorite coffee shop. And so oh, we'll okay. he's friends with like all of those people. We we're it's like six degrees separation of Ben Gibbard in Seattle. That's uh, how that uh, okay. okay. It's like three degrees. <laughs> <laughs> to find is what you're saying yeah yeah um i just think that that those early albums especially that ep with like photo booth and stuff like that like that's yep. um there's so much we could talk about and it's like i don't know if i could bring it to five yeah um whatever whatever whatever's on your heart <laughs> that reminds you of your church days <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whatever's on I your mean, heart. Promise ring, promise ring has to be in there. I'm going to say more than five because it's it's the pandemic. There are no rules. Um, yeah, fuck it. Oh, is that what the panini means that we're in a pandemic? Yeah. Oh, okay. Duh. I, I finally figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out. We're in a panini, and uh, there's like people who say like anything that starts with P is what we're in because people were tired of saying pandemic. They wanted uh, to zhuzh it up a little bit. That right. makes more sense to me now. Um, I mean, braid, uh, but also like Murder City Devils. You know how many times I saw that fucking band? I saw Murder City Devils a dozen times at least. Like, I love them, love them, love them. Well, that's another Seattle, another goodie from Seattle. Yeah. So they were always a band I knew, but Jen took me to a couple of their shows when we started. Like, and I just, they were a band, like, I knew the name, I probably knew a couple of songs. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like there was an avalanche smorgasbord of incredible music. Yes. And it's so easy to yeah. not be into great bands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very easy. And I, think that, and I think that was like one thing that I've always been really thankful for was that mentality of the fact that like you were going to run into amazing people with amazing taste in music that didn't know bands you were into because there was so much. And yeah. I, I think that generosity of just, like just realizing, you know, like, I, I don't know that, that, that whole scene thing with the arms crossed, like I was that guy, but like, I was never that mentality. Yeah. Um, like I didn't love the pit cause I was small and I'd already broken my nose a few times and I was already, <laughs> already up. no, no moshing. <laughs> like there were a couple of pits I got into and I'm glad I did, but like, I definitely walked out with some, like some pretty cool bruises and cuts yeah. and stuff, but yeah. like I already skateboarded, like there's 12, there's, oh, there's 12 yeah. bears that want to bite me tomorrow when I like leave this Thursday show. But um, not that there was a pit. Well, I don't know. Probably maybe there's a couple of early songs that Thursday could get a pit too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always love that generosity. I think of that scene where I was always excited when somebody didn't know a band I knew because that meant I could make them a great mixtape. Yes. And I was always yeah. loved when somebody else approached me with the same thing. I was like, oh, I don't know that band. And they're like, here's my phone number. This yeah. is the cafe I hang out in. Yeah. If I ever see you again, I'm going to have a great tape for you. And yes. that, that, I think that that level, like 
yeah, there's a lot of things to make fun of the emo scene about, but the fact that we all kind of got into it to be I agree. part of the scene and share music and share experiences, like that's something that's been really cool to have always been part of my life. Yeah. yeah I agree. And also I've never been embarrassed to say, I don't know that band because no. I never had to feel embarrassed because there was so much good music. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a great example. I, I, uh, I missed the boat on American football. I was just, easy to do. How it was super, did no, it? Was <laughs> I, I was I was more like I was definitely more of the big guitar post hardcore sound that was more in my sweet spot. So I was more of like Texas is the reason, handsome, far, like oh, yeah. um, like by a thread was another band I really liked, a lesser known, but I liked them a lot. Um, I was more when it came to Jawbreaker and Jawbox. I was a Jawbox guy, like that. Oh, Jawbox. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, that Jawbreaker you know, lady. I, I love like Jawbreaker, but when I heard Jawbox, something uh. something went off, and I was like, "Oh, this this is my thing." So mm-hmm. I was definitely more into that. And I think then when you get into like a little more of the jangly stuff, I love the Promise Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, anybody that was adjacent to Texas is the reason I liked. So by proxy, I was a fan of Sam I Am, Game Face, The Promise Ring. I liked all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then that that sort of le- like for one reason or another, I didn't necessarily discover American football when they peaked with that stuff. I was listing at the time like Bluebird, uh, mm. California band. I really liked them a lot. Q and not you. I was, oh my god! Yeah. Q so and I, not you. Yeah. So that was more like, and of course, like <clears throat> I. The other part of me is I'm a big like I like grimy garage punk. Like I'm from Ohio. The New Bomb Turk. We're just south of the Five and the Stooges. The New Bomb Turks are still you know my favorite band ever. Like that stuff is. Important. You did a really good job with that interview, by the way. You you Thanks. didn't sound like you were like super excited. Oh, would you like to hear how I was before that oh, interview? Oh my god, he was a mess. <laughs> oh, I wanted to karate chop his throat and be like, "Shut the fuck up, just do it." <laughs> oh. oh, I was a mess. Oh, I was sweaty and just like, "Is this gonna be okay? Like, is this, I don't I, do, do I do I do I sound okay? Do I look okay? Is everything okay?" I'm like, "Oh god." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hang out with our children. <laughs> I, I, uh, so like American football wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. And now, like three years ago, I, I'm like, everybody talks about a fucking American football. Like, were they that big of a deal? I had to go back and look and go, oh shit, they were a real big deal. You yeah. See it, dummy. <laughs> So, that's okay, yeah. though. I mean, no, like Mark said, there were things, there's, there were some bands that you were like, oh, were you really into this band? I can't think of them right now, of course, because yeah. you brain how my brain works. Um, but yeah, it's, but it was never like, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know no. about it. Yeah. There so yeah. many, I mean, like, as we're talking, there's so many different things that are coming up that it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, like Q and not you, like, of course, mm-hmm. like, there's so much, One. there's so much good music that kind of spun out from that, you know, Remember that the stereo. Band. Did you guys listen to the stereo? Yes. Yeah. What a great pop band. Like, so good. Unbelievably good. Or, or a band that like, I wish more people would have known. They were a Virginia band, I believe. River City High. Yeah. Yeah. What a good hooky, like could have been a, you know, one of those could have been a contender sort of bands. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, and I, like 
Deep Elm always seemed to cultivate oh, those people. And like, like uh, yeah. And there was um there was a to 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 circle back to part of the discussion, probably none of us remember except me. Um the early internet days, there were lots of great emo message boards, and one That's that I was on was called A Social Disease. Mm-hmm. And I met um a really wonderful woman named Laura, who at the time was dating somebody from a band called Armor for Sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was oh, dating yeah. PJ in that band at the time. Lord knows yes. what's happened to either of them. Uh, hopefully yeah. great things, because they were both super sweet, wonderful people. Yeah. But it was like, I, that's literally how I kind of went from having been from New Jersey, but living in DC at the time and getting into the Jersey emo scene was this really sweet message board. Yes. Um, and I think that's honestly early on when I realized like these are the real ones. The real ones are going to be the ones that don't say, oh, you don't know who Texas is the reason is like you suck. They were like, you don't know who Texas is the reason is? Here's the tape. Yeah. Or yep. please, next time you're in a record next store. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I will send you the $12 through the mail to buy the CD. Like, yeah. like, Go to your local Sam Goody. Yeah. And <laughs> um, we were lucky. I mean, we had, we had a bunch of great record stores in like in Georgetown and stuff. But like, I, I think that was... That is probably my favorite thing that I take away from the emo scene. Even if I don't necessarily love all the music anymore and there's some like weird stuff that happened, it was the the real true community. And it was mm-hmm. like, I, I am so excited to share with you and not that I'm so excited to exclude you, which oh, yes. I think the scene scene that I think came after us was much more about that. But when I was in it, the people that were worth hanging out with and I had a really great barometer with my sister the people that were worth hanging out with were the ones that were excited that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I found out about Joy Division through Jeff Rickley from Thursday. That's fucking sweet. He made me that. a CDR. I didn't even know that. that. He oh, made me a CDR of Unknown <laughs> Pleasures and Closer on like, you know, when you could just jam it all on a CD. I think I yeah. still have it probably somewhere in a storage box. But that's the first time I heard like Transmission and... Oh, God. I So they were early for me because... I was so late. There's Even a, though I went to boarding school in England, they were weirdly late for me. Uh, there was a, there was, there's a few bands from my teen years, like coming out of like the Seattle Nirvana grunge thing, mm-hmm. transitioning to hardcore and punk. I early on uh, got into Joy Division because of some connective tissue. Um, some of it being like, like oddly enough, like being a fan of Husker Du somehow oh, yeah. got me to Joy Division. In the same way, like being a massive REM fan made me a massive fan of Big Star, who were like, <laughs> our children have grown up with Big Star in their lives, you know? Like, our son plays and sings 13, and I still, like, he sits in, like, in, you know, puberty, <laughs> puberty <sighs> did not affect his ability to sing it. And no, no, no. Didn't he do that for his show choir? That's um, it. He, he just auditioned. He had to do an audition for to get back into show choir, and he... He yes. did 13 as his audition. Yeah. I love that. It, you know, so there's, um, there's a great Britpop band that you probably already know of if you like R.E.M. And if you don't, I'm excited to share them with you. James. Oh, I love James. Yes. <laughs> I'd only just made the R.E.M. James connection in my head like a month or so ago. Okay. But I went from like um, Everybody Hurts and then I put something else on by James. And there was this weird moment where my brain was like, this is why you love both of these bands. Yeah. Yeah. REM could have been an incredible Britpop band. For sure. Yes. If yeah. they'd been born in like London or Southampton or Leeds, like they would have been like 
so they were, and we're lucky to have them as an American Georgia, you know, base. Oh, yes, yeah. And, and I'm, Michael Stipe is a what? Uh, what a guy. What's the frequency? Kenneth is another song that I like. If I'm having a bad day, I just put that jam on. That opening riff, fuck. Uh, oh, it's so good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that's one of those things too for me. Where like it's the same way. I will always argue this. Yeah, Johnny Rotten sucks. Okay. <laughs> yes. Steve Jones's fucking guitar tone on that Sex Pistols record. It sounds like a goddamn table saw, and it's awesome. Yes. Like that's a rock and roll guitar tone. You what is it? Um, God, what's the song? Holiday. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Holiday. Yeah. Is it just called Holiday? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to. Yeah. That. Yeah. That is like such a fucking good. Like I. The fact that some of them came out to be like, and I loved public, um, public, public image. Yeah, public image. Though it turned out that they were all maybe racists, and that really bummed me out. Um, yeah, obviously. Like it really, it really sucks when people turn out to be racist. Yeah. You no, know? just look really at Morrissey. Bad. Look at what Morrissey did right. too. That yeah. Mor- Morrissey was a real big because weirdly the Smiths did. I didn't find the Smiths until early twenties. I don't know how. Yeah. I was in England during Britpop. I got into Pulp. I got into all these other bands and I somehow didn't find like the connective tissue back to mm-hmm. the Smiths. And so I heard um, Charming Man out in Sweden at a dance night. And I embarrassingly had to go up to the, to the DJ and say, who was that? And they were like, that was the Smiths. And I had to be like, haha, I guess I'm just so drunk. I don't know. Haha. And I like... <laughs> I went back and grabbed the pen and like wrote on my arm like the Smiths. <laughs> I went into a record store the next day and I'm like looking at and like, uh, can you show me to Tess Smiths? And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> poor, poor. And they were like, here's I'm American. Here's half, half full of hollow and here's me murder. Like I'll give these to you at fifty percent off because this is embarrassing yeah. for all of us. No, but and I really got into them and. Yeah, so when he started coming out and saying that like Chinese people were subhuman, and I understand his anger about like the human rights abuses, but there are things you can say and there are things you can't say, and he kept stepping over that line. Can you should, are, you know that's <laughs> yes, I, that's true. And for you know, and I I do have to say this when it comes to Britpop, like we all, I don't Oasis fucking ruled. Yes. Yes. 100%. No arguing it. You can say whatever you want. Those first two Oasis records fucking rule. 100%. Those are awesome. Live, for, live Forever is, oh is so good. It's not It's not definitely maybe good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I made an oh. Oasis joke because that's how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, do, if you listen to Rock and Roll Star and you're not just like you know what, my day just got better, like, then you're broken, and I can't help you. So I think, going back to our first date, Jen murdered the cranberry zombie, so I knew I had In a good way. Uh, Yeah, no, (laughs) she she went up there and slayed, like, people were, like, they dropped their drinks, they were crying, (laughs) but people were impressed, so the only song I can really, really, really kill is uh, Don't Look Back in Anger. Ah, okay. Okay. And yes, we had been drinking all day, but I was like, this is this guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I have a feeling this is what I looked like. Okay. Pretend that this is alcohol. Um, it is just an empty glass currently. I was just like, 
<laughs> big eyes i probably started drooling i probably was just yeah. like and then i cried like oh, we, we brought the house down there was like only six people in there and one of them was a very sober bartender going i don't know what's going on yeah. and everyone else <laughs> paid enough money for this yeah <laughs> they were here earlier watching the seahawks game so i know they've been drinking all day but they just killed those songs yeah get another drink <laughs> yeah um so you get you guys passed the gauntlet. You didn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't even. I think, of the I think like stuff? I didn't even like answer. Well, kinda, kinda, I mean, you like Oasis and, and Joy Division. You're good. Like that's it. Doesn't take much for me. If somebody says something kind about Bob Mold, I'm just like, you're my friend now. <laughs> We're friends now. Um, it's funny, Husker. Do I like everyone was very good at feeding me a track or two and I don't know why I never went back it wasn't until a couple years ago that I really started listening through yeah like what is the song it's like I don't want to know if when you were lonely like I've known that song I don't want to know if you were lonely yeah 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 for like 20 plus years and it's made onto a lot of mixtapes embarrassingly I don't think I listened to that whole album until a couple years ago I honestly think that band you can take who's gonna do and trace a line to all these bands that we named mm-hmm. who's do is the template whether it's whether it's Texas is the reason, whether it's Lifetime, whether it saves the day, whether it's the Promise Ring, mm-hmm. I do think you take the Descendants and Who's Gonna Do and put them here, and then yeah. all these all these strings fan out, kind of like Charlie's board, and it's always sunny when he's. Oh my God. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> it all starts at Who's Gonna Do and the Descendants. Um, yeah. Well, before we've kept you guys on forever, but we're <laughs> we're having fun with you. Um, yeah. What? We, have no, we have nothing to do today, so you guys oh, can stay. Yeah, we're like, in the panini. We're in the pizza. Middle of a pizza, it's fine. Um, what? Uh, so talk about talk about the how the knitting thing to piece that together for people, because that, oh. your social media is, I mean, knitting is kind of your your thing. It's my thing. So. Um, so I have been knitting for quite a while, but right. tell your story. I get. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on. Um, I've been knitting for quite a while, and um, you know, for some reason, Knit Pearl has always kind of been one of my screen names. Oh, there it is. <laughs> There's my. I have lots of yarn in here. Oh Yay. God. Um, this is great podcast fodder. Let me show you my yarn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, um, when I, so I've always been knit Pearl on like Twitter, Instagram. And so when I first started, um, like actually making TikToks and doing all of that stuff, I was like, you know, of course they always say you need to find your niche or your niche or however everybody says it differently, whatever. Um, and so I was like, oh, knitting, I'll do that. Okay. And so um, that was kind of my thing. And then, you know, I went out of the knitting niche here and there where like I posted, um, you know, there was a prompt of like, what's your dumbest tattoo? And it's uh, not dumb. It's amazing. It's from uh, Parks and Rec. It's Ron Swanson's will at the it? bottom of Ron okay. Swanson's will. <laughs> And so the prompt was, what's your dumbest tattoo? And then I recorded the part of Parks and Rec that um, 
Ron Swanson shows his will. And then, you know, I basically was just like, maybe dumb is the wrong word. And that, I don't even know how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of views that thing has. And then um, the elder email thing came up mm-hmm. and I just realized like, I don't want to not like, these were the things that, that like TikTok like explode, you know, made explode. Yeah. I don't want to not talk about knitting though, because that's like one of my big things. So then I created the elder emo tattooed knitters of TikTok makers. Oh, t- but then for some reason, there are more crocheters than knitters on TikTok. Okay. I don't know what it is. Like there, so the there'd be more knitting community knitting. gravitates to Instagram. The crochet community gravitates to TikTok. It's slowly changing, but that's so um, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to me, at least. No, so, that's really weird. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I wonder if there's like a, no, that doesn't make sense. There's no reason. I have no idea. Maybe that's a question that I need to ask. Yeah. Right? Cause I would wonder like either, either one, the visual side works. Yeah. So yeah, hmm. totally. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's fascinating. Yeah, that is. It's fascinating. You're correct. So anyways, then I had people that found my video saying that I was making a new niche of of the elder emo tattooed knitters of TikTok, but they're like, I'm a crocheter, I embroider, I am a photographer, like, but I feel like I should be a part of this group. And so I changed it to makers. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of where we landed. And it's been super fun. Like we're doing um next week, uh, which I don't think this episode will be out by then, but I'm hoping that we'll do like um monthly meetups. Okay. And I'm like purchasing the zoom credentials to have like over 500 people in a zoom <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> because p- over 500 people have signed up i'm like what <laughs> I, mean, I know even if you go by facebook stuff and only like one third or half show up, oh i mean still, only yeah. one third or half will show up that's just that's event so period. that's a shitload of people it is it I've is and michael's the michael's craft store like found yeah. out that i was doing this and was like here's some gift cards to give away and it's just been what yeah it's been super fun so it's like i don't know i don't know if it's just like i don't know why people like my honestly i don't know why people like my stuff i'm a freaking weirdo that like is quirky maybe i don't know well it's been fun watching her as like somebody who like, like, so I, I don't know. I love genres and subgenres, and Jen has just been subgenreing other subgenres <laughs> to the point where it's almost like gone out the other end, and now it's like this big mainstream thing. It's like, yeah. as long as you like some cool stuff, show up. And I think that's mm-hmm. the really, I think that's the reason Jen's got big is it's that same energy. It's like, yes. I mean, let's be real. In 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 the world of TikTok, I'm not huge. No, no. It's not, but... but the engagement is big. Yes. Yeah. People feel excited about being... Because, again, it's like, it's that same mentality. Oh, you don't know who this band is? I'm so excited to show them to you. Yes. But like, I don't, you know, you, you, you... It's like, Jen has no problem. It's not like, oh, I've made this great niche for myself, and I'm not going to change it. She's like, oh, no, I'll move the, I'll move the goalposts. I'll move the sidelines. I'll, I'll change the stadium we're playing in. Yeah. Because I want everyone to be 
to feel good about well, being I think, here. Yeah, all of it leads back to like what I've learned most in social media marketing is that when people feel connected to a community, they will do marketing for you. Yes, they you will. know what I mean? Like, so when I, when we launched Uber in Seattle and I was trying to get people to understand that, yes, you just push a button on an app and a car comes to you, you don't have to give them money because you're, you know, it was like a weird concept at the time because Seattle oh, yeah. was the third city to launch. Mm-hmm. We would do all of these community events and, you know, like I would just like belly up to a bar and like talk to bartenders about Uber and like, that is something that I have carried throughout, you know, even before then, when I worked for Provenance hotels and was their social media manager, like it was yeah. all, it's always been about community. And while I think there are certain platforms where community has gone right out the window, like yes. that has always been what makes a social media platform big. And that is what TikTok is. And that is why TikTok ha- has continued to have this explosive growth and it's just you got to think about the community yes. aspect of it. Yeah. yeah, and it has it has legs because of that because it yeah. it, has, it has that spirit too. Like we we kept bringing up like punk rock and scenes and it's it's there. You know what I mean? Like there's a mm-hmm. there TikTok is a there there's plenty of shitty stuff, but like there's plenty of <laughs> yeah. supportive communities like sub communities within it that and and everyone now everyone is everyone is marketing there it's yeah you you don't have a choice anymore because it's such a massive Mm -hmm. platform like you're dumb if you don't yeah yeah i also think a bunch of us have reached that point of our lives to like the the older sort of people that are like it you know even though i'm not on tiktok i love seeing tiktok stuff on like instagram yeah but i feel like there's this level of like we don't care like we have our lives together. We have our shit together. You guys have kids and a dog and two cats that you rescued. Like you have your lives together. It's like, who cares if you owned, you know, 40 ounces to freedom by sublime, like in 98 anymore. Yes. Like, you can't <laughs> like, like none of us. I'll do whatever I want to my hair and I can wear whatever jeans I want. I do not care. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> I feel like we've all reached it. And, and honestly, I, I'll, I'll credit a lot of the younger generation. Like we've got to a point where like having your life together a little bit, being scared a little bit, being hopeful a little bit, like all of this stuff is, I don't know, we found like an an interesting common language. I feel like that TikTok hit at the right point when Mm -hmm. everyone was like, you know what? I've got some funny jokes to tell about my life or I've got some like interesting tips to share or I want to create this cool community or I want to connect with people around the world who remember who, murder city de- murder city devils are and it's like well, and it, it came at the perfect well it's been around for a while obviously but like it came the at the pandemic, perfect yeah. time when we're all inside and i'm like i mean i'm on tiktok too much i will just say that out <laughs> loud i'm very aware um you know hi my name is jen and i consume too much tiktok um <laughs> what else are you gonna do when you're stoned that's always like i'm like I'm sitting here. I'm I mean, wine is my go-to, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I am, I'm following a dude as he hikes the Appalachian trail. I am following this adorable, um, black grandpa that just gets on and is t- just says like, you're doing great. Like all he's just like, my grandparents aren't alive. You're now my grandpa. Thank you. TikTok. Like yep. they're, uh, 
you know, there's just so many different, there's this, um, great account that I just started following called useless farm. And it's this woman who like shows all of their useless farm animals that they have. And they all have human names. Like Karen, Karen is the emu that is the worst. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it's just like, I, there is no Michael. Michael, yes, Michael the um smooth brained alpaca. Smooth brained alpaca, yes. There's there's no way in this world, like even through Instagram, that I would know I would feel like I knew any of these people's lives. Yes. I I found um like I found uh, the other day I found these three girls. They're I think they're a band, but they they perform they do covers together and mm. they do three part harmony. And it's fucking gorgeous. Like, and I was like, oh my God, they're so good. So I started watching all their videos and it's, you know, your standard stuff. Like I, it caught my eye cause they did, uh, they did old man by Neil Young and it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I start going through their account. They're really talented. And you find people like that are like, I mean, even on a larger scale, but like, this is the, our love of Twin Peaks coming out, but Kyle MacLachlan is on fucking um oh my god i just love him so much like he's <laughs> always been great at social media oh, god is um, he's just he's not got any less handsome which is disappointing no, i saw one time he was in the, <laughs> we're all in, in the- love with him in our house oh yeah <laughs> we're just i just started re-watching when jen would go to bed well she said she was going to bed but then i would hear like tiktok, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the animals and i would just be up and we, i think i've started re-watching twin peaks and I don't know if you knew this is through your love of Sweden, but um, so when I moved to Sweden once a year, they would play all the Twin Peaks straight through. Yes. And so like it, when it, I moved it. there, <laughs> I had never seen Twin Peaks before my, the girlfriend I moved to Sweden for was like, we should watch Twin Peaks. And I like, I kind of knew it because my parents were into it. And I was into X-Files as a kid. And my dad was always like, you should watch Twin Peaks. Watch Twin Peaks. I thought my, <laughs> I thought my dad was a, a nerd and an idiot. And he's just a nerd. He's not an idiot. He's very smart. Um, so I never watched Twin Peaks. And so I watched it with Ella, the this wonderful Swedish woman I moved to, to Stockholm with. And I was like, this is crazy. And so it's funny. It's like I, my first Twin Peaks impression was in Sweden. And when I moved to Seattle, this area, I was like, oh weird I kind of get it because in Sweden they have all the pines and all this like weird small town stuff yeah it made sense and and now we can drive like 45 minutes down the road and go to the the great like the great northern and we can see the waterfall and and we can see the bridge that Renette walked down and we visited all probably once a year yeah once a year especially before the pandemic so when we can all travel after you know after all this feel free to come we have an extra room done (laughs) with us we'll go we're gonna go twin peaks hunting oh my god uh, like we watch we rewatch i rewatched it she never actually watched it so we rewatched i we watched it and we finished it by eating cherry pie. Like she bought a cherry pie. She's like, we have to, we have to do oh, yeah. it. Like we do have to, it makes me, Twin Peaks makes me want to eat cherry pie, drink coffee, which we do anyway. And it makes me want to drink Bloody Mary's if you watch that new series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I want a Bloody Mary. Do you know the cherry pie? Yeah. Story? What's that? Do you know the cherry pie story? What? No. What? So. No. 
apparently Kyle, McLa- Kyle McLaughlin do you know the I think story unfortunately <laughs> let um David Lynch know he didn't like cherry pie yeah yeah gotcha oh and this was like days before shooting so I think it, it all went from rhubarb pie to cherry pie very quickly because David Lynch thought it would be hilarious to make Kyle McLaughlin eat cherry pie. I might be missing some of the details. I'm sure there's a great like BuzzFeed listicle or something that people can fact check this, but I believe that basically the general story is David Lynch thought it'd be hilarious to make Kyle McLaughlin eat cherry pie. It's pretty funny. (laughs) But there are, because there is one time he shows up and then he gets a great rhubarb pie. And it's so funny. And it's always funny because I definitely get the cherry pie thing, but like every time I watch it, I'm like, I need donuts. I need. Oh donuts. yeah, yeah. Yes. Did you get that watching it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that we kept talking about. Yeah, it. yeah. because they have an, a donut spread uh, every uh, time they walk mm-hmm. into the. I love. I can't. It's like episode two or three, but but Dale walks in and he's trying to like talk to anyone, but everyone somehow every time he walks in the room, they have a mouthful of donut, and so they can't <laughs> respond. So he just tells them what they were going to say to him yes. anyway, and yeah. then leaves. And they're all like trying to finish a crueler or like a, yeah. it's so good. And it's like, but yeah, the whole time I'm eating this or eating this, watching this, that you can tell where I'm going. Yeah. And like 1150 <laughs> and I'm like, God, I, I need a donut. I need a donut so bad. She, and, she made the, the point too, that like Dale Cooper is one of the most wholesome, pure, yeah. like characters and maybe all of television. Like he, he, he wants to do good. He wants yeah. he wants to do the right thing. Even he walks in and there's an 18-year-old naked in his bed. He yeah. negotiates that pretty well, yeah. especially for the 90s. He did. <laughs> He's like, you gotta get out of here. Audrey. Where it wasn't necessary, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Like, in the 90s, though they didn't have to negotiate it. He no, but he was just thing. like, maybe one day when you've gone to college and all this sort of stuff, maybe our paths will cross again. It's the only promise he really ever gives Audrey, which I think is yeah. very wholesome oh my god so wholesome do you do you know the story about why the audrey and cooper thing doesn't play out because he was dating what's her face right and she got yeah and she wasn't having it no i love i heard she's a wonderful sweet person that loves texas is the reason too i'm joking i've heard nothing (laughs) don't do that to me Uh, (laughs) i'm an audrey person you can't do that to me i'm an we're all Audrey people, even though we're like, this isn't a, this isn't appropriate. He's obviously in his thirties. She is 18. Yeah. But like, there's something very, like, I love their, I wish they had done more of a big brother, little sister thing. I, I think so too. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think if they'd done it now, that would have been the way it would have worked out. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Audrey is the best. The music is the best. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I love the best thing is when Bobby Briggs walks into a diner and you know, Bobby Briggs thinks he's the coolest guy and he puts on a song he and sure it is does. He's the Angelo Badalamenti weird. And he's like dancing to, he's like, I put this on for you, Norma. I'm like, <laughs> Oh yes. This is the, this is the world I wish we lived in where like crazy Bobby Briggs, who's going to bark at a guy in a jail cell later. Yep. This yep. is the badass song. He pumps up himself. Yeah. Listen to um, it's so good. This uh the dance that the arm does, the the mm-hmm. little our son in a matter of see a seconds of seeing it, he's like, I can do that and has mastered it. And I can just be like do the dance and he'll just do it he'll now. Start doing it. If he was here, I wish he was still here because I if we 
He'd be doing it right here for you. Yeah. He's. Well, I've got a TikTok idea for you. Creepy <laughs> <laughs> um, idea. Yes. So, uh, so before we close up, thank you guys for all the time yeah. you gave yeah. us. Yeah. No, this was fun. I. Well, there were yeah. definitely times where I totally forgot we were recording a podcast. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I. I'm so used to doing like the happy hour stuff and yes. Catching up with friends and yep. And I already invited you to our house. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, yeah. I feel this feels like hanging out with friends. That's nice. Yeah. And that, yeah. that I say that as and as a compliment to you guys. I feel like oh, you, yeah, thank you guys so much for having us. And it was just yeah. fun. To, yeah. Anytime you can talk about Joy Division, Promise Ring, Twin Peaks. <laughs> 311 embarrassments all sorts it's of stuff God, <laughs> like <laughs> five iron frenzy biscuit albums in the mid 90s <laughs> like it's just you know the normal stuff we all talk to our friends about yeah. now 90s country 90s country we didn't even talk oh, about you, how much you know. hate your family like oh, oh my god there's <laughs> so many places we could have gone with this um what we'll do is uh, we'll say we'll uh, we'll close up the show, and, but stay on after we stop recording. Oh, so we gotta yeah. have you guys a story. Um, so uh, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on online, so that if they're not already, they're probably following you. They need if not, they need to. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Jen here, just in case you couldn't tell, I don't know why. I said <laughs> This isn't like a Karen and Georgia situation where we don't know who's who. This is yeah. like a, hi, Lars is, yeah. okay, anyways. Um, I am Knit Pearl, K-N-I-T-P-U-R-L on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Um, and I have a new exciting job that is, I'm starting next week. And I can't say much because um, the check, it's a Podcast isn't going to go up next week, though. So can no. you? No, I can't because okay. I don't. I, there's, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to be head of marketing for a secret startup. But if you are a maker, so a knitter, crochet, embroidery, you should stay tuned because cool shit's about to happen. Very exciting. That is. Um, uh, Lars, if you like, you want to. I don't. I don't have a huge online presence. Um, I'm in. So I, uh, probably the the music I've been working on is not going to be very emo. If you like Jay Dilla and weird instrumental hip hop, that's what I've been working on recently mm-hmm. with a band called Despatches, and it's it is D E S P A T C H E S because I got a package from England and it said my despatch was on the way like a year ago, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, did they misspell this? And it was like, I went to boarding school in England, but I'd never seen this. But yeah, so it's despatches instead of dispatches. Um, and I'm in a uh, a little bit of a controversially titled electro punk band called Evictions, um, which was started before this. And it was actually black humor because the lead singer of the band was about to get evicted from a place he's <laughs> lived in. And he's actually been dealing with unemployment and evictions issues, not to like justify the name because we wanted it to be controversial. But um, yeah, you can find Despatches and Evictions on Bandcamp and Spotify and all of that stuff. Um yeah, and I just I just review grants and proposals for a research university. So it's not I'm not very fancy. <laughs> nobody nobody asks me, tell me more um at a bar after I've they've asked what I do for a living. So I'm just a Washington State employee. 
I'm just doing the bare minimum to get by in these trying times. Yeah. That's all we can do. Yeah. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you guys being on and uh, you guys cut their handles. If not, uh, the, all that information will be in the bio. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys next week.